Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price, Tim Buck2, and a special shout out to She Vibes. Long story short, a couple weeks ago, we had some technical difficulties with uh, Studio One and Studio Two, and the graphics got mixed up. And unfortunately, She Vibes, they went live with the Talking About Balls logo behind them. I feel bad. Obviously, we had nothing to do with it. Technical issues happen. You've, you've seen it here with us a million times. We just roll with the punches. Um, but we feel bad. So I wanted to give an, uh, an early shout out to She Vibes. They're on at 830 tonight. Check them out for sure. Tell them Talking About Balls sent you. It's the She Vibes. It's the She Vibes. Uh, they were sick last week. Otherwise, we would have been doing this last week. But uh, now that you guys got to look deep inside of Kyle's nostril because he zoomed right into the camera, I can't hear him, actually. Oh, you're muted? Oh, well, that's why. I, was, I muted myself. There you go. I was kind of wondering, like, all right, Kyle's Kyle's not going to participate today. Yeah, I don't think. I had the old man technical difficulty situation going on over here. You know, that happens when old people get technology. They usually don't know what they're doing with it. Kyle just got done arguing politics on Facebook, probably, like most old white men in America. <laughs> um, it's been a rough day. But yeah, Kyle went on a vacation to uh, Notre Dame for the last couple of days. Quote, unquote, work, as he tells people. But we all know <laughs> what really happened. The truth, Facebook doesn't lie. Facebook tells everybody. Uh, Dave, what's going on? Thank you for joining us. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. How are you? Tired. How are yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> No, just a long, long, long drive. I just can't stand anything longer than two hour drives, man. I just can't do. I, uh, it, it just, it kills me, but I don't want to stop because it just elongates the drive. So I just kept fucking pushing through. Did they offer a flight or did you voluntarily drive? I, I just, I don't know where I would fly into, to be honest. Um, okay. I mean, trying to think what, there's no airports out there, so. No, I just I just drove. Got a rental car and drove. So that's the way to do it. Chipper, take notes on the lighting in Kyle's man cave. Very bright in here. So. For future references for his show, old man Chip living in the dark. <laughs> Chipper, by the way, he uh, he's a little indifferent about me calling him old man Chip, but I decided that I love it and I'm just going to continue to do it. I feel he doesn't have a choice in the matter, though. So. That's what I told him. <laughs> he said something about like. Uh, I forgot exactly what what we we exchanged back and forth, and he said something about he could you know he could get mad like Lee or something like that, and I said, well, I could just come at you like I come at Lee too. He's like, touche, good point. <laughs> he learned very quickly. Um, all right, but yeah, let's get right into it. We are here. We are going to recap the ugly, ugly Bengals Browns game. Oh my god, uh, I don't even know where to begin. This is this is creating such controversy in in Cleveland at least. It's kind of weird. It's it's strange because. Um, obviously the Browns lost 23 to 10 ugly game any way you want to look at it. Um, but we've reached a point in the season where people don't know what to talk about. They, they are saying a couple weeks ago, there were not a couple weeks. It was longer than that, but there were, there were shows, local shows early in the season debating on if Josh Dobbs should start for the Cleveland Browns. Then you fast forward. Jacoby Brissett actually plays very well. The best of his career. Now Deshaun Watson's back two games hasn't been great. He's showing improvements, but we're not, you know, we only won one. Um, and now those same people that wanted Josh Dobbs to start a few weeks ago are now going, we got to fire Kevin Stefanski. 
They're the Browns fans are just so fucking zero to a hundred immediately. Did they not understand that this was a process? Did they not understand that Stefanski has the backing and support of Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam when they made the trade for Deshaun Watson, a $230 million investment, multiple draft picks suspension. They knew this was all part of the plan. We're two games in and Browns fans are ready to rip the bandaid off. I mean, I've seen people that are already basically saying that the trade was a bust two games. And people are already going, this is right up there with Russell Wilson. If you haven't seen the improvement in Watson's game from last week to, I mean, from the week, this last week to the week prior, then I don't know what to tell you. That, that's yeah, what I he's, like. He's not Watson of Texans, but I mean, the improvement he made from game one to game two with his pocket presence, his ability to kind of break out, his ability to stay in the pocket, take the hit, get the third on the field, his accuracy. I didn't throw one C1 ball in the dirt this week, did you? So, I mean, it's, no. it's his mechanics, he's improving. Um, and that one throw, Jesus, that one throw that he made while getting sacked and it was accurate right on the button, um, you don't get that with Jacoby. You don't get that with Dobbs. I'm sorry. You don't get that with Manziel. So um, he is going to be fine. He just needs the rest of the season to do what he has to do. What do you got, Tim? I was going to say, I thought he I thought he threw really good. His numbers were good. He just didn't get a touchdown. Um, he, he got had, one. He got one. I'm sorry. He did get one yeah. touchdown. And, and then was, he threw he threw two hundred. Technically, he almost threw for three hundred yards. I think it was like two seventy five or something like yeah. that. If I'm not mistaken. And, and his his number his completion rate was pretty high. So and he threw technically a second ball that should have been a touchdown that Donovan Peoples Jones just didn't catch. He let it hit his shoulder and it bounced off. That should have been a touchdown. He hit Amari Cooper on the hands back of the end zone. Should have been a touchdown. Like he looked good. And, and Browns fans are still mad about it. I get it. We lost. So there that's, I, I, t- I tweeted this the other day and I, I you know, I, I'm not here to defend Stefanski. That's not exactly what I'm doing. I'm just basically ex- ex- explaining sports to people that don't fully understand it. Um, I, I tweeted the other day that it seems like it's a lazy discussion for fans that now just want to come out and pretend like they know everything. So if the Browns lose their initial reaction is just, fire the coach. They don't have an actual reason behind anything. It's just, it's a simple thing to say for them. And I've learned that from radio shows. Again, the same show that wanted to stir stir up controversy and said, Jacoby Brissett should, should be benched for Josh Dobbs are the same shows that are now saying I'm losing faith in Kevin Stefanski. We should probably move on as he's safe. And I mean, we're one in one. Kevin Stefanski is still the only Browns head coach with a winning record overall. in since I've been watching them since 1999, He's Browns the third winningest coach in NFL in Browns history behind Marty you know, Schottenheimer and someone else. I forget who it was. That's not good enough for Browns fans, apparently. We're we're too good for that. We're too high brow now that we won one playoff game. Who, by the way, was the coach for that? Mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski. Although he was at home, it was a COVID game. Still his game plan, still everything he implemented got us to the playoffs, won us a playoff game two years ago. Now we're in a transitional phase where we're going with this franchise quarterback. And there are people calling for Stefanski. I don't understand it. How impatient are this is this fan base? And it's the same fan base that if we fire Kevin Stefanski, bring in a new coach, and it doesn't work out, they'll go, well, Jimmy Haslam just fires everybody. This guy's just so trigger happy. You just can't win. So Browns fans, as you know, are stupid. I'm sticking to that. So here's here's the thing that I think people have no patience for. Obviously, we think that as Browns fans and a Browns team, all we do is fire coaches. But – if you look back in the NFL scheme in the last four or five years, firing coaches every two or three years is kind of normal right now. 
Um, a lot of coaches that get hired in have short leases, Le- leases, leashes. I can talk. Um, so I mean, I mean they're not they're, they're not given the long Pittsburgh Steelers. What's that? Sorry, I said hopefully they have short leases also because they have to move a lot. You were in I the know, ball. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that they they don't have time to. Uh, um, they don't give them time to really put a plan together. They don't give them the long-term contracts <clears throat> like, you know, Pittsburgh has or whatever, but it, it happens. It happens a lot where people, um, you know, they get, they get, well, look at Matt rule. He made it what a, a year and a half, not even that. I mean, the coach on, in, uh, in, was he there the, two years? I think it was his year and a half. I think last year was his first year. Was it the first? Okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. It was a year and a half or two, two and a half, give or take. But yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. In NFL terms, that's really not long enough to implement your own system. Sure. You thought with with uh, Sashi Brown. When Sashi Brown came to Cleveland and gutted everything and really – I agree. I agree with Mike. We've sucked since 99. I, I agree. I agree. No, no, absolutely. We have sucked, and that's why I don't understand why people want to fire Stefanski. We're clearly on, a, on, a, on the best path that we've seen the Browns in franchise history. We have Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb. We now have Deshaun Watson entering, the, entering it, David Njoku – Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, we have these solid pieces, a great offensive line, win healthy, Amari Cooper. We've never had this talented of a roster, and Browns fans want to blow it up because by firing your head coach, you are now starting from square one. A lot of fans don't realize this. Again, I use this tar- analogy a lot, and I mean it. Real-life football, real NFL, is not Madden. In Madden, you can throw any head coach on Madden, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Real football means not everybody's going to fit into a system. So that means good players we have right now aren't going to be a part of the future. And we have to make huge changes. We have to adapt game plans. We have to adapt our, our, our playbooks. All this shit is very important in football. And just because you fire your head coach doesn't mean, okay, he's going to come in, run the offense the way that Kevin Stefanski did, but do it better. It could be an entirely different scheme, which could mean maybe we don't run the ball as much, which makes Nick Chubb now kind of uh, expendable. Browns fans, how fucking mad would you be if we fired Kevin Stefanski got a pass happy head coach who then goes, yeah, I don't need this guy and all the money that he's making. Get rid of him. Let's get rid of that salary cap. And now we go to shitty running backs because he wants to save a couple bucks and put it in the wide receiver position or wherever. Um, quick couple shout outs. Shout out to Mike. Again, we did have sucks since 99. Happy birthday to Mike Brabander. It is his birthday today. I think he is 47. Give or take. He's asked Kyle. I think he's 50, 52, actually. So. Nice. I knew he was a couple years older than you. I just can't remember how many. And Dave again with another what's up? What's up, Dave? Thank you for tuning in. So I so quick thought on this, so but what you were sure. saying. So I, I think people need to shift the pressure and the uh and and the the looking at Andrew Barry. I think we need to put the pressure on him because I think now we're in a position where we have a lot of holes in this team. We have a lot of holes that need fixed. We have a lot of holes in defense that need fixed. I don't think we've gotten rid of or traded any of his draft picks yet. And I'm not saying they've all been bad. There's been a couple of questionable ones that aren't really working out, but we're still hanging on to them. I think that pressure needs to go to Andrew Barry going into this offseason and, and during the draft to try to see I what agree. he can do to move some people in here and, and hopefully put a team around this coaching staff, well, coach, because I don't think this coaching staff sticking around. Um, but I think uh, I think the pressure needs to go on him, and not so much on Stefanski. We need to see what he can do because he needs to make some decisions with his team he's drafted and, and some people out there to bring him in to help this uh, help Kevin and, and Deshaun and, and Chubb do what we can for going into next year. We need a better defensive plan going into next year. So I heard a little nugget today from, I believe it was Terry Pluto. He was on 92.3, the fan today. And I was listening to that interview and they asked him straight up. They're like, why is Joe Woods still employed? Like, why is Kevin Stefanski so afraid to make changes on the coaching staff? Is that going to bite him in the ass? It, It sounds pretty sure, a pretty sure thing. Joe Woods is gone at the end of the season. 
Terry Pluto basically said from his sources that he spoke with inside the building, they're just not confident in anybody that's underneath Joe Woods to run the defense. So they're like, fuck it, just stick with Joe Woods for right now because by firing him, we're probably it's not going to improve anything. And at that point, we were still kind of treading water. We were on some thin ice for playoff hopes. Obviously, losing against the Bengals kind of, you know, that ruined your division chances. You're not winning the division. However, this is another thing that I've been listening to all week. I heard on the, on the fifth quarter on CBS right after the game, Reggie Langhorn came on and he's going, the season's over. The, you know, who cares anymore? Blah, blah, blah. Hang it up. It's over. Now, I get it. I, I'm a Browns fan. Probably this is way I understand it's wishful thinking. We're really not out of the playoffs, though. There are, is a wild card. We can't win the division, sure, but there is a wild card. Did everybody forget about that? The wild card spot is currently being held by a seven-win team. Last I checked, the Browns have five wins, four games left. I know it's a long shot. Win out, you have nine wins. Not that it's not that uh, out 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 of the stretch of realistic. It's not. We play the Ravens this week with their third-string quarterback. As assuming, I don't think Lamar will be back. This Saturday, we play their third-string quarterback. The Ravens are beatable. The week after that, we take on the New Orleans Saints. Their offense is ass. Their defense is very good, but it's a winnable game. They're not very good overall. Week after that, Commanders, not going to be easy. They're, they're a strange team. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're average, but it's a winnable game. When If Deshaun Watson is now in his fifth game as a Cleveland Brown, you expect him to be progressing every week, getting better, and then you end the season with Schittsburg, who sucks. We can realistically win these four games, and all it takes is these other seven-win teams to go on a little bit of a losing streak like the Jets are probably going to be doing. The Jets are on a two-game losing streak. The Jets take on the hottest team in football, one of the Detroit Lions this week. Obviously, Browns fans should be rooting for that. We should be rooting against the Chargers, root against the Patriots, root against these seven-win teams. And if the Browns win out, we could sneak into a wild-card spot. It's not that far out. And it does depend on wins and losses, but as we said, Kevin Stefanski is the winningest head coach in Browns He's the third winningest head coach in Browns history. He's the winningest head coach since 1999 by a fucking mile. So, and also he played with Baker Mayfield, who has shown that he is not that great of a quarterback. He got Matt Rule fired. He got released. Nobody wanted to trade for him in the offseason. Kevin Stefanski took that guy to a playoff game. Kevin Stefanski won eight games with that guy last year. Winning eight games would have been amazing 10 years ago for the Browns. Winning eight games in 2021, Made Browns fans hate Kevin Stefanski. I don't understand it. You got one taste of that, playoff, got a taste of that playoff victory, yeah. That's it. All of a sudden, now they have expensive, fancy taste. I, I don't understand Browns fans. They're so fucking dumb. They want to blow the whole thing up. And then we can talk about the, the specifics. Your thoughts on the fourth down play call where Jacoby Brissett came in the game? I think it was – honestly, I knew it was happening. As soon as it went fourth and one, I knew they were bringing Jacoby in. Um, I was curious to see if they were going to do the same thing they tried last week, but I think they were looking for the run at some point. I think they loaded up the middle, but they also loaded up the left on the right side as well because they were looking for that slide motion. And it was on the play was hard. Yeah, I thought the I thought the uh, the play the play plan was perfect. It was there. The the catch was there. The ball was there. I think, and maybe it's just me. Uh, People's Jones should have laid out for that ball. To be honest, I thought I think I thought it was catchable. Um, but I'm not, I'm not him. I'm not a tight end. I'm not a wide receiver in the NFL. I'm sorry. I'm just, but I mean, I think he could have caught that. Um, but I think it was a great play. The play was there. He was single coverage. He beat the guy down the field. So in all retrospect, it's his execution at that point. The play was correct. It's the execution part that failed. You sure you don't have a tight end? 
No, 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 no. Not after his trip to South Bend over this last week. Yeah. <laughs> neighborhood out there. I had to pay for my room and housing somehow. So now, not to get too, you know, X's and O's here with everybody, but the the play exactly was was we brought in Brissett because we wanted the defense to think, like you said, quarterback sneak or a run with a running back. What that does, and again, I'm not trying to get too technical, that draws the safety in. When the safeties get drawn in, the wide receivers then don't, the, the corners don't have help over the top. So wide receivers, if you can beat your man, you're open over the top. That's exactly what Donovan Peoples-Jones did. That's exactly what the play call was designed to do. Now, this was the argument I got in with other people, and this is the argument I had with everybody most of the year. My uncle at the at the Lucy's live event, everyone likes to they, they live in a hypothetical world where they just go, if Brissett was in there, that's a touchdown. How do you figure? Because Brissett doesn't have the quarterback sneak statistics behind him like Jacoby Brissett does. Jacoby Brissett on fourth and one, third and one, there's a 99% chance we are running the ball with Jacoby Brissett. We did it most of the season, and we were very good at it. Now, Sunday, you bring in Brissett. The Bengals have to respect that. We haven't done quarterback dives on fourth or third and one with Deshaun Watson this year because he's only played two games. So if Deshaun Watson's out there, they there's a good chance they would have played a totally different defense. But everyone just goes, if Watson was there, he would have thrown the touchdown. The, the defense wouldn't have looked the same if Deshaun Watson was out there more than likely. I will say I think he needs to put that play to bed, though, the rest of the year. Um, I, I don't think that's no, going to get that he has to because, I mean, yeah. you hear the I mean, they're still talking about it right now. Well, it's not even that. I just think I think now that that plays is, is sought out. I think that entire yeah. setup now will be will be planned for whether it's the run, the pass or the dive forward. They're going to have people in place to protect all around. So especially because we've got two weeks in a row now, we did a run last week, a throw this week. And the yeah. run last week was a, a tight end handoff. It wasn't a Jacoby Brissett yeah. throw or a run. So I agree with you that to me, that's like, there's no way the defenses are going to fall for this anymore, or right. it's just too risky. I, I don't agree with it. Right. Right. And so, I mean, like I said, it was, to me, it was a great play. I mean, you went for the pass. It was there. It was wide open. Wide open execution play. part. Kevin Stefanski has nothing to do with execution. That's where I, it irritates me. The Browns fans want him fired because they're going Deshaun, you put up 10 points. Okay. Deshaun Watson threw a costly interception while we were driving in, in clutch, a clutch time of the game. I don't fault him for it. He's rusty. After the game, he was asked specifically about that pass, and he admitted. He goes, I was late. I should have had that ball out faster. I was a hes- I hesitated a little bit, and that cost me. It was an interception. Not Kevin Stefanski's fault. We were driving down the field, no problem. The fourth and one play, as you said, it didn't happen because it was incomplete, but the play was there. It was wide open. That's the play call. That's the Kevin Stefanski design. And then the, to only have 10 points, as I said earlier, Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped what should have been a touchdown. Amari Cooper off his hands would have been a hard catch. I'm not the kind of guy that's like, if it touches the tip of your finger, you catch it as an NFL wide receiver. I understand they're humans, but could have been a catchable ball. So we, we missed out on at least one touchdown, which would have made the game a little bit closer. And then God knows what could have happened if Donovan Peoples-Jones catches that because it was fourth down that ended our drive. But there are little things like that. Kevin Stefanski has put us in positions to win games. You look at the, the Jets game. We, we were up 30 to whatever with two minutes to go. The defense pissed that game away. They had to get an onside kick. That's not, co- that's not Kevin Stefanski. I, I know people don't want to hear this because he's the head coach. So everything is his fault. 
He's not the defensive coordinator. The defense play caller is Joe Woods. That's not Stefanski. So you can't be mad at him for that. And then, so, oh, God. No, I was going to kind of change to a second, but finish your thought first. Go ahead. And then, you know, just other games really quickly. You look at the, the, the Falcons game. David Njoku fumbles the ball. Our defense cannot stop the run. Not Kevin Stefanski's area. He can't fumble the ball for Njoku. He can't stop the run or make those guys tackle. Then you go to the Chargers game. Jacoby Brissett, costly interception. What does Stefanski do? Draws up a game plan to keep us in the game. Cade York misses the game-winning field goal. Kevin Stefanski did everything he could to put us in position to win. They didn't execute. That's not the head coach's fault. The head coach is the yeah. last guy to blame, in my opinion, for this season. He got everything he could out of Jacoby Brissett and more. Yeah, injuries have killed us this year. And um, that too. I mean, we're down to we're down to linebackers we've never heard of. JOK's out for the season now. We've lost Anthony Walker. We lost. I got, I got, I got the I got the call. I'm I'm actually gonna be starting Sunday. So. That's why you were there in, in in South Bend. They were getting your getting your gear and everything, getting you ready. I was getting my Rudy speech ready to run on the field at First Energy, so I get cheered for my my family and friends. We don't have internet in South Bend, so Kyle had to go uh -huh. in to get the speech. They couldn't just email it to him. Exactly. So I got a question for you. So the one thing I noticed in the last two weeks, obviously, and this is you know overreaction, of course, we'll call it overreaction. Third uh, Wednesday today, uh, Chubb's numbers haven't been there. You know, Chubb has not produced mm -hmm. what he's normally produced. So one thing I noticed last week too is when he was um, they were setting up the RPO, and which is going to be more common with now with Deshaun back there. Uh, it's it's a slow it's a slow start, like it's a slow progress. So they hike the ball, they let it set up, and they go. Do you think running this RPO plan with Watson, which I love by the way, is it going to be detrimental to Chubb and his numbers? Because I think Chubb's more of a burst runner, and if it's something like that sets up, it takes a while to set up. I think he's getting kind of caught behind the line a little bit more than normal. Uh, what do you, I mean, honestly, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be – you think it's just an anomaly these last two games, or do you think this might hurt his numbers over time with Watson at quarterback? Um, I, th I mean, it's a mixture of things. Um, and this is a good question from you, and Dave Dave mentioned something also, and he said that he says Stefanski puts us in a position to lose because he doesn't run Nick Chubb. Um, Chubb – but see, Dave, that's a fake stat because when Chubb runs 20-plus times in a quote-unquote we win – that's because we are, we have a big lead, so we run the ball a lot more because we're just killing clock. When you're losing, you can't run the ball 20-plus times. And Jack Conklin said that the other day. Jack Conklin was interviewed and asked about Nick Chubb's touches lately, and he goes, guys, we were down 23-10. to 10. You're in the fourth quarter. You can't run the ball. Running the ball kills clock. We're trying to get big chunk yards. We have to pass the ball. The run game is gone when you're losing by double digits. It's just it's That's how NFL works. Um, as far as right now with Chubb struggling, and that's one thing that I noticed too, is everybody and their brother bitching about Deshaun because he's rusty, bitching about Stefanski, bitching about everybody in the world. Nobody's mentioning Nick Chubb. I do understand we have the center. We're on our fourth center, uh, a guy who's not even technically a center. He's never played center before, uh, whatever his first name, Froholt. Um, he, he shouldn't be on the team. No, I'm not bashing the guy. He is what he is. He's a he's a player on a team that is signed specifically to be an extra body in practice. And you hope to never see him on the field. Unfortunately, he has to start because of the injuries that we've suffered, and it's showing. The center of the the offensive line is killing us. Ever since Ethan Pochick went down, the offensive line has gone from top five to I think the second worst offensive line rated in the NFL from Pro Football Focus, and that starts at the center position because he's getting called for so many penalties. Guys have to avoid what they're doing. They have to mi miss their own assignment to try to pick up his slack, and it's just not working dead center. You're only as good as your weakest link. That that tale is very, very true in the NFL with an offensive line, and it's showing. We can't run the ball. 
Deshaun Watson, thank God he's mobile and can get out of the pocket because he's getting attacked behind there. And that's the other thing, too. The offensive line has to adjust to blocking for Deshaun Watson. It's not the same as blocking for Brissett. Blocking for Deshaun Watson, when when your guy gets free, you can kind of leave it alone and let uh, let the guy go because Watson's going to step up. He has that pocket awareness. Jacoby Brissett was kind of a statue. So if you let your guy around, he's going to get to Jacoby Brissett. Deshaun Watson can get, can elude these guys. So the offensive line kind of has to understand that you don't have to risk holding a guy because you don't want your quarterback to get killed. You have to trust Deshaun's going to move in the pocket. Everyone's learning right now. Middle of the season, you can practice as much as you want. A real game, 100% full speed, totally apples to oranges to practice. And that's what we're learning right now with this team. They're all trying to mesh in the middle of a season. And I hate the Bengals. They can obviously go fuck themselves, division rival. (laughs) But they just went to the Super Bowl last year. They're more than likely going to win the division this year. And there's a lot of people currently. This is what's funny to me, too. They interviewed everyone on, on 850 today. They asked Tony Grossi. They asked everyone in there. They go, who from the AFC do you think will represent in the Super Bowl? And a couple of them said the Bengals. But the Browns, who were a five-win team going into the game on Sunday, lose to the Bengals, and everyone wants everyone fired because it's unacceptable to lose to the Bengals, even though you're picking them to win the Super Bowl. That's like when we lost to the Bills. Yeah, we should have won that game. Josh Allen had a bad game. But at the end of the day, the Bills are a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. How can you how can you like want someone fired for losing to one of the best teams in the league? See, this also, to me, to, to your point, comes back around to the Andrew Barry thing, too. He needs to go in the offseason to find people who can work on this offensive line to what quarterback we have. You know, people who are mobile quicker, um, who who are used to working with a mobile quarterback possibly. Because you're right, they're not used to moving and trying. Because that's how they get help. They get the holding penalty. They the person shifts and they're trying to grab the player because they see Watson moving to the left yeah. or to the right. They're like, shit, this guy beat me. I'm just going to stick my arm out because he's going to kill my quarterback. So it is what it is. I'll take the 10-yard penalty. But with Watson. You don't have to do that. If your guy gets past you, let him go and block him from this way because Deshaun might step behind you and he knows how to evade everything. He's a smarter quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. And I think Conklin's as good as gone, personally. I think James Hudson will be taking over at right tackle next season. He's younger, a little more athletic than Conklin. Conklin's, he's banged up. He's clearly not 100%. He's a guy who gets hurt a lot. Now that he's getting older, he's he's, he's called for a lot of penalties. He's, he's kind of a liability on the offensive line at this point. And again, Froholt should not be in the NFL. Appreciate the guy's efforts, but it's not going well. Hot take. I think we need to get rid of our left tackle, too. Um, he's, he's turning into a liability lately as well. Like, did you, just, did you watch how many times he should have been called for um, false start um, on Sunday? Like, us or the Bengals, because both of them, the refs well, weren't called on either side. Us. Jedrick Wills. He, I mean, he 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 jumped at least five or six times. He didn't get called for. It. I, I just don't think he's a guy over there. I don't think he's the future. I mean, I think that's. I think the Browns kind of coached him to do that because the, on the flip side, the amount of people I saw tweeting that the Bengals weren't getting called for false starts was crazy. So it must have been something they noticed with the refs not calling. So they were like, "Jed, jump a half second earlier because we can get away with it." I just don't think he's. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's a long term answer. I mean. But, I mean, you're right. There's other offensive, need, offensive line needs we need I mean, to fill, right? But I just don't right now with our cap situation, you've got Jedrick Wills. He's in year three on a presumable five-year rookie contract because the rookie contract is four years plus an option. Um, so we've got him for at least two more years, in my opinion, uh, at a pretty good price. And I, I don't think he's going anywhere, in my opinion. Um, but you'll never know. 
we'll see, I guess, in the future. The other thing, too, is maybe Jed Wills gets thrown over to right tackle because when he was in college, albeit he was blocking for Tua, who's a left-handed quarterback, he was a right tackle. So he's a blindside offensive lineman, but he was doing it from the opposite side at Alabama. Comes to the NFL, we moved him to left tackle. Rookie year, really good. Last year, had some issues. This year, same thing. He's, he's kind of hit or miss. He either has a, a good game where you don't even hear about him, or he has a horrible game and everyone wants him gone. Um, so it's one of those things to keep an eye on for sure. Um, but right now, I think left tackle is going to be one of the, the last things that they're looking to improve. Um, as far as they're going to roll with Nick Harris, though, right? I mean, he's going to be back next year. I'm sure they're going to give him a fair shot. Yeah, I mean, assuming he comes back fully healthy. I mean, he tore the ACL the first snap of the preseason. You assume he'll be good to go. Um, but it really just depends on how he comes back. And, and as far as with Barry, that's one of those things where with, with Posick out there, our offensive line was still really good. Uh, Nick Chubb was having no trouble rushing. Uh, one guy I'll, I'll, I'll say this year though, Kareem hunt has been a big disappointment. Uh, I don't know if that's, he's, he doesn't have holes or if it's his age, I really don't know what's happening with Kareem hunt, but he is not very effective this year. Um, I mean, I there's just, plenty. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he cares in all my honest opinion. <laughs> I mean, I could see that too. That's for a trade. They, they said, no, we're going to keep you here. Um, did they try to trade him at the trade deadline? We'll never know. Or did nobody want him? Uh, or did nobody want his contract? I really don't know. We'll find out. I guess maybe maybe someone will leak something soon, but we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, I could see that too. It kind of looks like I, I don't know what it is with him. Him, Jadavian Clowney, these guys that show up once every three, four games. I need more consistency. I can't have Jadavian Clowney having only a good game a month. I need a good game every week when he's healthy because he's missed so much fucking time as he's been a Cleveland Brown. Um, but I don't know. There's so many things to get through. And as you said with Barry, there's only so much a guy can do when you're on your fourth, fifth string guys. You know, a, a GM can only get so much talent. And I, I got into an argument with a guy on, on Twitter, not even an argument. I was just explaining myself. And people were mad at the Browns for the penalties that happened on Sunday. And they're like, you know, the Tony Fields rush, roughing the, the kicker, the punter, that's unacceptable. Uh, Stefanski should be ashamed of himself. And it's like, how, how are you going to be mad at a head coach for a fourth or fifth round draft pick out of West Virginia who barely touches the field committing a huge penalty. That's just talent. It's not like miles Garrett's out there getting all these penalties and they're like, okay, this team's not disciplined. You have this guy who is only in because of injuries commits a dumb penalty and everyone in the brothers like let's to We're not disciplined. Yeah. What can you do? I mean, this that entire game, I just want to forget about it and move on. It's just, I was frustrated. I was excited. I was excited for the good things that took place, but just, just, I'm, I'm over the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. Uh, it, I can only argue so much. I, ha- I have people again that are t- saying this was a bust of a trade because Watson he didn't put up 400 yards and win the game on Sunday, so it's a bust. But it's like you clearly saw the improvement, as you said. He wasn't throwing balls in the dirt. He threw a touchdown to David and Joku. We moved the ball plenty of times with ease. A couple big missed opportunities in the red zone. Uh, the Jacoby Brissett play took Watson off the field, so you can't fault him for us not scoring on that on that play. Um, I think it's working fine, especially in the second half of that game where we went to a pass offense, albeit the Bengals had a double-digit lead, so they were kind of playing looser, but we were still moving the ball no problem. I like what I was seeing. He's getting a, a little chemistry with other players that he didn't have before. Right now, him and Amari Cooper are not on the same page. I like right. to think that's going to get fixed. I, I hope at least. I mean, it's only going to get fixed with repetition and doing it over and over again and get the time. Live game throws so different than anything you'd see in practice. But I mean, the, like I said, the good thing about it is that you saw the, 
the accuracy out of Watson. Yes, he mm-hmm. had an, he had a interception, but it is what it is. Um, and then the late more throws, again, Kevin yeah. Stefanski, testament to him, that play design, he was open. Deshaun just held the ball a little too long. That's all it was. And, and right after that play happened, I think Kevin pulled him to the side and had a conversation with him about well, it. Well, they gave him the tablet right away, and they're like, you got to look here. If you would have thrown this ball at this spot, instead of waiting and stepping up, that's probably a touchdown or, you know, it's a huge completion. And he, again, that's what I like about Deshaun after the game. He fully admitted that. Right. Um, but yeah, we will, we'll bury this game. Uh, the Joe Burrow finally gets his first win against the Cleveland Browns. It only took him three years. So kudos to him for his first win. Uh, Bengals fans did come out talking mad shit, which is crazy to me to win one game against the Browns in the last few years. And you talk shit. I don't understand that. Um, but you kudos, have your victory, victory lap yeah. somehow. So they needed to feel good. I mean, if I, I, I truly, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be so embarrassed if the lone Super Bowl appearance I saw, we choked like they did against the Rams last year. Right. They had a guy who was on IR get a penalty for celebrating in the end zone and his flip flops. Like that's embarrassing shit on the biggest stage of, in football. You want to look mm-hmm. at an undisciplined team? It's the team that does that. That has a guy who's on IR and with an injury, quote unquote, celebrating in the end zone. I agree, Adam. Browns fans are crazy right now. They're going well. They're stupid, as you can see there. Um, but yeah, they're just they're going crazy. And that's the other thing. Even Adam Archuleta said it on Sunday and on the broadcast. He looked and he goes, "Man, Deshaun Watson had so much time to throw the ball, but he he had to take a sack because no one's open." They were getting zero separation for a while. Bengals were playing us perfectly defensively. DJ Reader was a wrecking ball against the run. There was only so much Deshaun could do. And, and Browns fans are you know bitching and moaning that he's holding the ball. Would you rather him throw interceptions? I mean, what do you want from the guy? If they're not open, he's not forcing things, and they're still not happy about it. Yeah, that one play that they showed where <clears throat> I think it was like a third down and five yeah. or third they were like, six. The Browns just stood there. They, they down. covered, and they just stayed still. And Deshaun's like, what the fuck, guys? Someone get open. And next thing you know, I think he took a sack or he he rushed for like two yards or something like that. This is where we uh, we need uh, Odell Beckham, right? The guy who uh, makes his own routes. <laughs> Honestly, that probably would be. If, if he didn't tear his ACL twice in the last year, I think OBJ would be a good fit for this team. All right, we will move on. Uh, Tim, were you able to cut up that audio? Yes, sir. My man. We're going to play a little interview in a little bit here really quick. I want to give a quick shout-out to Cleveland Charge and Dave uh, from Redline Radio here. Dave was able to get me uh, access to the Cleveland Charge game as a media member the other day. It was my first time ever going to a G League game. Um, it was a really so cool- bad I couldn't make it. That's awesome that you did a good job. Yeah, it was there. a great time, honestly. Uh I got to sit in the media row with all the other media people. I learned a lot from watching them. Uh, you, they gave you internet outlets, everything. You could plug your laptop in, and you can, you know, write up your story while you're sitting there at the game. I didn't know that, so I didn't bring my laptop personally. But I brought a notebook. I brought my portfolio with me. Uh, it was very professional. I gave my business card out to some people. Uh, I got to sit down and interview a player on the team, number fourteen, Nate Hinton, out of Houston. Uh, so Nate Hinton has been around and played with. He was on the Mavericks for Summer League. He was on the Pacers for a little bit. He's been in the G League for a little bit. Uh, now he's with the, the Cleveland Charge, and the Cleveland Charge are actually the, uh, one of the best teams in the G League. They are undefeated at home. They are now 11-4. and four. Very exciting. I mean, you're, I was right there on the floor. Uh, basically, Tara got to go down and sit on the floor with the other photographers and like take professional photos. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, again, thank you to Dave for letting me do that. 
Uh, thank you to Brandon from TMI for allowing us to kind of squeeze in a little bit. I know he really likes doing it as well. And it's a really great experience. It's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about sports writing and stuff like that. I've, I've dabbled before and, and, and studied some stuff. So I was really excited to do it. And I think I did a very good job for my first time. I'm just going to toot my own horn there. Um, oh, don't, I mean, I was going to say it for you, but if you wanted to not be humble or anything, go ahead. I, I, I humble brag all the time. I can't help myself, <laughs> but I do think I did a good job with the article. Um, and I did sit down with Nate Hinton and it's only a couple of minutes. If that, uh, Tim's going to play it for everybody here. And I want you guys to hear my interview with Nate Hinton. I only had a couple questions cause I wasn't sure how that was going to work. I knew that I had the access to do a post game interview, but I was expecting it to be like where you're sitting down the players up at like a little podium and they just, you know, everyone asks questions that they might give a little intro, whatever. And this was literally me and another writer, a woman walked us into a room and Tara obviously too. And they sat us down and they go, all right, Nate will be here in a second. And I'm like, shit, I had to pull out the paper they gave me. Cause I go, who the fuck is Nate? I don't even know the players at this point. That's how like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. So I'm like, who the hell is this guy? So I had to read up on him really quick. Um, the one great thing is in between every quarter, they give you a, a, a brand new stat sheet. They tell you everything like the plus minuses of the players, their stats per quarter, um, literally everything. It's great. It really helps you keep track of everything. Analytics. They give you everything in between the quarter. The woman that like takes care of it literally walks over and goes here, hand this to Justin, hand this to them. I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. I have every quarter. It was so cool. I really, I, I learned a lot, honestly, just in that brief one game. And then we got to sit down with Nate Hinton. And I told the other writer there, I said, listen, man, this is my first time. I really don't know what to expect. I didn't have questions prepared because I've never watched a G League game before. So I'm like, I'm going to sit here, follow your lead. And he goes, okay, that's absolutely fine. If you have any questions or anything, go ahead and uh, chime in. And we both set our recorders down and we just let him talk. And Nate Hinton was a really great guy. He had really good answers. Uh, he, he wasn't like a yes, no kind of guy. He went out like he would really dive into things. So a couple of questions I asked. To, to preface you all with what, what I'm going to ask here uh, at halftime, the charge were down by nine. They were shooting like 39% in the first half. Uh, second half, they came out immediately in the third quarter. They, uh, they, they were shooting 50%. They took a lead. They were up at one point by like 10 points. Um, Cooper had a career high 17 assists. He had 30 points and he had 28 of those points in the second half. So their What's second half, line? yeah, their second half was night and day different. Uh, so my question to him when I, when I chimed in was just what exactly was your guys' second half strategy? What did you guys do differently? Because first half wasn't really good. Uh, you'll hear my question here and I'll let Tim play that for everybody whenever he's ready. If you're all good. All right, we'll let Tim play this here, guys. Here's my interview with Nate Hinton of the Cleveland charge. Um, I think it was just all of us. We, uh, they gave up a lot of, um, offense rebounds and second chance points and we weren't getting into the paint as much. We shot like 25 threes, I think. Halftime, so we wanted to get into the pain and oh, that's okay. I, I prefaced it so that actually works out. And you know, have a little bit more urgency. Uh, you know, easily we could have just folded, you know, down nine at halftime, and then you come out first three minutes, they hit a three bucket, you know, and they could go from nine to 15, 20 easily. And now you got to dig into a deeper hole. And uh, so now we just wanted to just go out there and compete. And just you know, I think this whole theme of this whole season has just been on us. You know, we've been made we've got talented enough guys to go out there and compete and, and be able to dominate and we're talented but you know we match that competitiveness and matching you know us going out there and competing and, and using our talent together and trusting each other i think that we're one of the best teams in the community absolutely absolutely how important is it to stay undefeated at home 
Very important. It means that you you know you care about the fans that come out, whether there's a hundred people out here, whether it's twenty five people. We're you know we have pride in, in going, putting that Cleveland on our, our jersey and, and being able to go out there and give you know fans an experience and to win. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you you know we have the advantage of being at home. You got to take care of home business and you know letting the fans you know have a great experience in the game. So it's very important. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I learned about my interviewing, I have to stop saying absolutely after every answer. But other than that. I think I did a pretty good job. I actually liked it. I, I felt like that was like your trademark. Absolutely. You like that? Absolutely. That's when I, I let him know, like, all right, let's move on. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I got to sit down with him. I asked him, you know, how was uh, what w- the first question was cut off, but I, I prefaced it perfectly. It's like I knew it was coming. Um, I did just ask him what kind of halftime adjustments they made. And he said, you know, we had to be more aggressive in the paint because we were settling for shots and the shots weren't going down. And it worked out. It was really cool. An awesome experience. I look forward to doing another one in the future. Um, they feed you. That was also the best part. You get full access to the backstage area. Um, Son of a bitch. They give you, they have, I'm they, definitely going to the next one. If you have the courtside seats, you get the free beer and wine, which would have been awesome. But obviously I was there for work purposes. So I just ate the food and drank like three, four bottles of water. It was awesome. They have fresh cold Aquafina right there. It was actually Chinese food night. So they had egg rolls. They had pot stickers. They had some uh, rice and general sauce chicken. It was fucking awesome, man. It was really, really a good time. I can't wait to uh, do we go to the next game because I can't wait to be part of this. That was awesome, Justin. I mean, that interview was perfect. Your article you wrote was amazing. Uh, I know you're going to humble brag again, but I just want to give you some congratulations. I know. I mean, I, I, I'm the kind of person I really do take pride in everything that I do. I hope everybody watching and that listens to our show can can get that vibe that everything we do, uh, I take it very seriously. We may fuck around a lot and make dick jokes and do stupid shit like that, but I really do take everything that I do very, very seriously. I mean, the way show is re- you know, way to represent the brand. I mean, logo literally is a penis, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't fuck around when I come up with the show. I really make sure we're covering all bases. What were we saying? I'm sorry. I said way to represent the brand. Good job. You know, I do what I can. And again, I, I brought my portfolio. I had my business card. I told the guy, the, the guy that I did the interview with is actually, he writes for fear the sword, which is a Cavaliers like fan kind of, Thing that they do they do actual coverage though um and i sat with him and i gave him my card and i'm like if you ever want to come on my show i do a show called talking about balls if we can cover the g league because i'm pretty new to it and he was like oh yeah absolutely so we're marketing we're getting out there we're making things happen and it's all thanks to dave and redline radio let's give a shout out to dave uh but yeah it was a really good time uh the one thing they didn't have though in the food area that i was kind of upset about was some seafood i would have thought that would be good for at, at, at a a, a Chinese night, like sushi, anything. Um, but another place that doesn't have seafood anymore, and that's Lucy's. They're going to have to update these sheets here because I saw Lucy's Facebook page today. They have gotten rid of the seafood. I missed oh, that. No. I didn't get that memo. You didn't see that? They just made a post today and they put going forward their new everyday menu. It's much smaller. It's now just like hot dogs, Italian sausage. I think it was nachos and like Philly cheesesteaks. That's their food options now. It's very small. They got rid of their steak. They changed their name a little bit. It's no longer Lucy's Seafood and Shenanigans. It's now like Lucy's Shenanigans Pub or something like that. They got rid of the seafood entirely, man. Kind of a bummer when I saw that because Kyle talked about that lobster mac and cheese. It was mwah. Hopefully it was good because you're never getting it again, I don't think. At least it's not looking good. (laughs) But Lee is going to have to update these pages. Hopefully he spells their right on the next one. Uh, Only time will tell with that. They may not have seafood. I'm taking over the sponsor page. Are you really? Hell yeah. You know I like good spelling and grammar, Tim, so you better you better bring that shit. Um, I'll proofread. <laughs> or I'll proofread it with you. I'm okay with that. I'll help you. <laughs> but they may not have seafood anymore, but they can still be found at 
2218 Broadview Road, Cleveland, Ohio. That's Lucy's. I forgot the exact name. They changed it on their Facebook. Look them up. Uh, it's like Lucy's Shenanigans Pub of Brooklyn or something like that. I, I really can't recall. Um, but just go to Lucy's. That's all you really have to look up. Lucy's on Broadview Road. Michelle and the staff at Lucy's are committed to giving their guests the best experience. Join them every Friday night. They're, uh, they put a post Friday and Saturday is now karaoke night. So they do back-to-back, a little double dipping. Um, go there for your hometown sports games. Give them a call, 216-675-0013. Tell them Redline Radio sent you. Well, since they changed your name, I think they're going to have to probably get new shirts, probably some new hats, some new logos. And you know who they can go to is Incredible Keepsakes. Uh, they do T-shirts, they do cups, they do binders, keychains, you name it. Anything you need, they'll take care of it for you. Um, they're the official merchandise provider of Redline Radio. I'm sure Tim's got some stuff, some swag he's gotten from them before. Um, if you want something, give them a call, 440-242-9648, or go to their website at uh, incrediblekeepsakes.com. And as Diane would say, cherished moments are made to last forever. Impeccable, impeccable segue. That was pretty good. Now, Kyle, when you were driving home or even driving to South Bend, did you happen to notice those little reflectors on the highway by any chance? I, I did, actually. I ignored that when I was falling asleep, but I saw them, kind of. You know who's <laughs> responsible for helping get those put into place? That would I be think Dynatech. I know the answer. Yeah. I think we all know the answer. Everybody knows Dynatech. It's a household name at this point, but Dynatech. As many satisfied customers can attest, their diamond saw blades are the fastest cutting and longest lasting. Customer satisfaction is how they measure measure success at Dynatech. Our engineers are always available to help you troubleshoot or solve a problem on your job site. And they're the only saw blade company recommended by the pavement marking manufacturing industry. Located in Elyria, Ohio, Dynatech is committed to being a top diamond saw blade company around the world. Their products include saw blades, abrasive blades, pavement marking blades, core drill rigs, core drill bits, high-speed gas saws, masonry saws, walk-behind saws, tile saws, and other construction equipment. They stand behind their products with a warranty and customer service that keeps customers satisfied and earns their ranking of best in the industry. Give them a call. 1-800-446-9001. They're at 161 Reaser Court, Elyria, Ohio, 44035. Give them an email at sales at Dynatech.com or just check out their website, Dynatech, D-Y-N-A-T-E-C-H.com. So what I was doing, I was coming home though. I was was driving faster than I probably should have. But I felt like it was a NASCAR driver. I was I was going over the speed limit, had it locked and loaded, ready to go. Had days of thunder in my mind, rubbings racing to get these old bitches out of my way. Um, but if you're a NASCAR fan, you like driving fast, or you just enjoy NASCARs, collectibles, whatever, give Pit Road Diecast a try. Uh, they have a lot of different cars, different like trucks, everything they have over there. If you like to collect them, if you're a fan of NASCAR or anything, uh, they specialize in all your current, current and past NASCAR Diecast models. Um, for all your diecast needs, give them a call 216-355-2347. I know Tim, and I know um, Lee's had them on his his show before. I know mm-hmm. Dave's had them on before talking about it. Um, but if you mention Redline Radio, you will receive ten percent off your first in store purchase. So give them a call. Now Kyle was racing home today, and he didn't have time to stop to go to the bathroom. He had to make sure he got home in time for the show. So as soon as he got home, he ran into his bathroom and took a leak. Everything went down swimmingly. You know why? That's because of Smith Strain Service LLC. Smith Strain Service is your local drain cleaning experts. They specialize in main sewer lines, bathtub and laundry lines, septic lines, kitchen sink lines, floor drains, downspouts, and so, so much more. Family owned and operated, you can call Smith Strain Service today. 440-242-8704. You know what happened though when I got home? You know what I my wife forgot to bring back up? It was the trash cans. Uh, they went out Monday and they didn't sit by the road the entire time. So, but luckily, I normally don't look forward to it, but luckily, I know these things were cleaned recently, and uh, they were cleaned by Fitz Trashman Cleaning LLC. They didn't smell, so I was okay dragging them back up to the house. 
Um, they're the official sponsor of Studio Two, which you're sitting in right now, which I'm not there right now. Uh, trash bin cleaning. What's that? It's a beautiful Studio Two. Absolutely. Trash, can, trash bin cleaning and pressure washing. Uh, Fitch Trash Bin Cleaning is a locally owned, eco-friendly trash bin cleaning service. Uh, they operate in North Ridgeville, where, where I live, and surrounding areas. Uh, you can reach Fitch Trash Bin Cleaning LLC at 440-752-1533. Uh, get Brandon a call today. Uh, mention Redline Radio, and you will get 10% off your first service. Trust me, guys, it's worth it. Now, speaking of Studio 2, we are, of course, here at the beautiful Growing Wings Adult Services, the official state-of-the-art Studio 2 here. They're the sponsor. I'm going to read the read backwards because I don't like the way Lee put it together. I feel like the sentence should be more like this. Growing Wings uh, take cares of, take, takes oh, care of adults with disabilities, and they've had over seven years of experience doing just that. For more information, call Lisa at 234-334-7547. The way he words it, it's, Growing Wings Adult Services has over seven years of experience of taking care of adults with disabilities. I feel like I should start with the taking care of adults with disabilities, and then you get into they have seven years experience of doing it. Personal opinion. It's my two cents on that. Just for, <laughs> for when, Tim, when Tim rewrites all this, I want him to know how I would like it to look. It doesn't have to be that way. Just my personal thought. Um, I mentioned earlier, though, we were blessed to go. Well, I was, at least. I was blessed to go to the charge game on Monday night. Normally, uh, Brandon from TMI would be there doing the game, um, but he was gracious enough to let me go. So TMI can be found Saturday nights. Check them out on Redline Radio. They are right after Comedies and Cocktails with Jen Jen. She, of course, is the 8 o'clock, 8.30 show, I'm sorry. Uh, sometimes on Saturday you get 4th and 15, or as Tim called him yesterday, 5th and 14, I think it was, which was funny as fuck when, I, when you said that. I was like, that's actually not a bad name, 5th and 14. Um, but they can be found on Saturdays as well with Mel and uh, uh, Smooth. And then you got Sundays. You got Kevin Kwan, Professional Unprofessionals. That's one of Tim's favorite shows. He talks about it all the time. They are funny as hell. Check them out. Um, I'm not going to lie. They're during the football season. Their their showtime's not the greatest because it's right around the end of the Browns game for me. So I'm like, I see the notification. I'm like, I got to watch the game. I can't watch the show right now. So like, I always got to chime in or, or check it out afterwards. But if you're not a Browns fan, you probably wouldn't be watching the show right now. But check their show out afterwards. Or if you can, you know, two screen it. Have the show going on also. I have to really focus on the Browns games or else I won't know what I'm talking about on here. But everybody else, watch Kevin Kwan on Sunday afternoons from 3 to 5. And then Medium Ratchet comes on from 6 to 7, followed then by Steel City Running Lates. Whenever they decide to do shows, you never know with them. Middle of the football season, these guys have taken like three weeks off. I don't understand it. What radio show that covers football gets three fucking bye weeks? I don't understand it. More power yeah, to they, it. they went to the football game last week and they didn't record. What the hell? The game was at one o'clock, boys. The show's over. Or the the game's over at four o'clock. You didn't have bunch to wait. A bunch of amateurs here. I would have set up outside the stadium and done live live from the phone just to get something. That's what I would have done. I mean, Dave went live with random people in the stadium like four or five times, but they couldn't get Lee to fucking FaceTime with everybody to get a show going. I don't know. That's just you know, middle. If I'm at a game, I feel like you find a way to do it. Guys, That's, if you guys want to borrow our our producer, just let us know. We'll let you borrow. They, him. He, one, he gets shit done. I, I, I've noticed a difference in Tim since he came back. He, he's, he's not the same. He seems a little depressed since he had to work with those guys. He, he's not the same. He had to get glasses because he was looking at the screen and he's like, how the fuck do they look at this all week? It made him almost blind looking at all those graphics they use on Steel City. So here he is. He's Nothing was the same. 2020 vision. He's a new man now. He had to get his shit back together. Like, like most people who deal with Pittsburgh stuff, you're never the same afterwards. Ever. Uh, Mondays, you can catch Just Therapy from 7 to 9. Tuesdays, of course, my boy Tim Buck Tuesday. He had a great show yesterday. 
It was fucking fantastic. I was laughing my ass off with him. He was going going over his goals that he's got coming up for 2023. Uh, good shit. I hope Tim sticks with it all. I'm as a part of Tim. I like to feel like talking about balls as a part of Tim. Now we're, we're by your side, buddy. If you need help with anything, you let us know. I want to help I you. I came in at the depressing part of your show. I, I kind of like was drawn into the emotional uh, seriousness you were talking about. It back so. and forth. That's a cool thing with Tim is Tim can talk about a serious matter, but he can also make jokes about it because he, a is funny. And that really helps when you're doing a show and you're trying to make be funny about shit. And then on top of it, he can get serious and he knows how he knows life. He understands like, it. One of Tim's goals is he wants to date this year or next year. And I had like a joke with uh, chef from South park and your chocolate salty balls, but it was kind of a serious moment. I was going to hold off for a while. I, I just didn't get around to saying it. So it wasn't that serious. You definitely could have put that in there. <laughs> we will have a uh, Tim is looking for love segment starting in 2023. <laughs> To end the show every week, instead of just the tip, it's Tim looking for love. Any ladies out there, he's going to give his profile. Hell yeah. I want, I want to tip every every week with Tim just dating profile pictures so we can vote on people who he needs we to We get talk women to. to send in their pictures and everything, and then we put it up, and Tim gets to pick and choose who he goes on a date with that week. Then we come back and recap it. Uh, we, we're gonna actually we're we're not gonna be doing it on talking about balls. We're gonna have to do a second show. It's just Tim's dating show. We'll produce it. Tim can host it. How's that sound? <laughs> I you like have, that idea. It's not a bad idea, right? It's going to get hopefully Tim laid, and that's all we really care about at the end of the day. Let's be honest. <laughs> so we got Tim Buck Tuesdays from six to eight, and then you've got Gary Weiner, of course, just spinning the fucking hits from six to ten. He had a great Christmas music uh, lineup going on yesterday in Broad Street South from eight to nine. Wednesdays, of course, you have talking about balls from seven to nine. You have she vibes eight thirty to nine thirty. Check them out tonight. Tell them talking about balls says hello. And then on Thursdays, you've got for the culture that guy Dub starting shit off at. It shows at like three o'clock or two thirty. It's four to five, I believe. Oh, it changed because last week it was on when I was at work. I think it was three thirty to four thirty. Okay, so it's kind of in the daytime. I forgot the exact time. It's not up on the board yet. That's another thing for Lee. I mean, I don't know what Lee's doing. He's not updating the board. It's <laughs> almost Dub's trying to figure out what time he wants to go. On. Oh, it's him that's changing it all the time. Okay, that makes sense then. But check Dub out on Thursdays. You'll get a notification if you follow Redline. So don't miss it. Um, and then after Dub, a few hours later, you've got the Lex Vegas show from 7 to 8, followed by Club Pizzle 9 to 10. On Redline Studio 1, you've got Broad Street South and Money's Crazy Soundtrack playing on RedlineRadioLLC.com exclusively from 10 to midnight. Friday nights, you've got our boy Grape, who's going to have... He was going over some weird shit last Friday when I was watching that show. He, My was, God. Down, he was down the rabbit hole last week, man. I mean, the one thing I was very interested in, which, no offense, Grape, I think it's total bullshit. I don't actually believe any of the shit that you were talking about on Friday's episode about, he says, Eli Roth, the director of Hostel, the director of Cabin Fever, all these movies, um, was recently arrested for actually murdering people in his movies. And then when you Google that, Eli Roth arrested, there's one like wacky fucking website claiming that that happened. Meanwhile, I follow Eli Roth on social media and he's still posting like current photos. So I don't think he's been arrested for murdering people in his movies. So a great might want to check his facts, but a lot, no offense to great, but a lot of these conspiracy guys will then go, Oh, well he paid people off or that's not really Eli Roth that you see on Instagram. That's a, that's a body double. So, you know, more power to him, whatever he wants to believe. I'm all for it. I love grape. He's entertaining as fuck. And then you've got Money's Crazy Mind from 8 to 10. So check it out. Redline Radio, something good going every night of the week. I, uh, want, Grape to, I want Grape to get lost on this Britney Spears conspiracy. Friday, you get a little wild. I saw that, that she's an imposter and there's been a multiple multiple Britney Spears. That, that's actually, that was a thing for Avril Lavigne as well. They said there's been two Avril Lavines. Um, I, I just, I just, I got, I got bored like in the hotel room. I started seeing some like these photos and people are like, 
you know, in the last couple of weeks, she's been saying she's going to go places. She never shows up and she's always posted pictures. And then there's some creepy birthday video that like her in the background sound like a pre-recording of her saying thank you and, and laughing. And there's a guy like wishing her happy birthday, but you never see her. It's like, well, I mean, maybe someone off Britney Spears finally. I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I feel like if somebody took over her, her <clears throat> or whatever you want to call it to, for whatever reason, they still wouldn't be posting those fucking weird, crazy dance videos that she puts on Instagram. So I feel like as long as those are happening, that's the real crazy Britney Spears. That's not an imposter because she looks fucking nuts when she's doing those spin moves oh, and shit. She is out there. I don't think they would replace her and go, hey, let's get weirder. That that makes sense. I feel like if you're replacing somebody, it's like we got to fucking tame it down a little bit and try to get her making money again. So I feel like that's still really Britney Spears. She's just really off her medication and and could probably use a little bit of help before she goes full Aaron Carter on everybody. Let's just hope that doesn't happen too soon. Was that too soon? Never too soon. No, not at all. Uh, but then again, in her video, she can't be found in the bathtub dead because she doesn't look like she bathes. She's always sweaty and greasy looking, so I think she'll be okay. Aaron, Aaron Carter, rest in peace. <laughs> All right, that's it for ads and the show schedule. I like to throw by those the way, in. There. Those are those are smooth transitions in those ad reads, by the way. Oh, 100 percent. I was thinking about a way to incorporate something changing in seafood and menus with Lucy's all day, and I think it was all right. Not a bad start. All right, on to basketball again. We're going to talk about the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers struggling on the road a little bit. They lost two nights ago. 112 to 111 to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, at one point, they were down by like 20 points or something. Oh, excuse me, there it is. Uh, at one point, ugly game. The Cavs are, if I'm not mistaken, like less than 500 on the road. They're actually really bad on the road, and that's kind of unsettling if I'm being honest. We have this young team with good players, and last year they technically, you know, whatever you want to call it, I call them a playoff team. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. They are a playoff team in my book. You made the play-in tournament. That's a playoff team because they just started doing that shit. Back in the day, eight seeds, that's it. Cavaliers were technically a seven seed last year. That's a playoff team. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but they can't win on the road this year. They're really struggling. They're very good at home on the road. Not so great. What do you mean? Hot, take, hot take here. Hit me. Do you, do, you, do you think Garland's the guy? Do you, do you think Garland's the guy that we need to have in that position he's in right now? I mean, Mitchell's, Mitchell, in my opinion, is the guy. He's the leader. I mean, yeah. Leader. The I second one about Garland, man. Donovan Mitchell turned into the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan, the no questions asked game on the line. That's your clutch guy. Don, Darius Garland, even last year, he missed a lot of shots in clutch time. And that was something that I was like, man, he's turning the ball over when we're in crunch time. He's missing shots. This was last year, too. He, he just doesn't have that clutch factor. So I was like, shit, that's going to be a problem. We got Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell tried to play hero ball on Monday night, drove down the lane, Missed the game-winning shot that he was going for. I think he got blocked, actually, if I'm not mistaken. We get the rebound. We kick it out to a wide-open Garland who misses a fucking corner three, and then game over. That was all she wrote. So we had two missed shots by our top two players, our top two offensive players at least, and we lose the game 112-111. Um, guys I missed don't, I'm not I holding don't, I get that. I just don't think he's just, he's just lately. I mean, last year, this year. He gets. He tries to get too fancy. He tries to get too good for yeah. his own. His committing opinions. way more turnovers this year. Uh, that's not a good thing. Committing a lot of turnovers. He's you know missed the the game winning shot. Uh, that's something where, dude, you were an all star last year. Like, you you you're you're getting to your peak. You got to take another step. 
or else was that it? Have we seen the best of Darius Garland? You know what I mean? Uh, he scored, what, 50 points or whatever against the Timberwolves earlier this season. Maybe it was 40. I, I forget exactly how much. Uh, but he had a 40 or 50-point game. He's been an all-star. He's an up-and-coming player. And then he just can't hit these clutch shots. He's turning the ball over. He's playing playing stupid. I'll, I'll be blunt. He's just playing dumb basketball right now. And we can't afford to have that. We're trying to stay afloat. We're the three seed, but... I don't. I, I don't know how long we can sustain this if we can't start winning some games on the road. I, I just don't know if, if if we have options with Garland because we signed him that contract. I just. I'm not saying get rid of him, but I mean something needs to change. I think he needs to. And I'm not saying they're both jockeying for that number one position between him and Mitchell. I would assume Garland knows his role pretty well. If not, he needs to learn quickly. He's not. He's not that guy. He needs to be in the supportive role. He, but he needs to learn his learn learn his fucking shots. And at the end of the game, don't get fancy. You know, yeah, I, agree I agree completely. Um, it, again, it's, it's, it's concerning what, how they play on the road. Uh, especially right now we have a relatively healthy team. Uh, I mean, and a lot for me can kind of go back on JB Bickerstaff. We had this huge comeback against the Spurs on Monday night and Kevin Love played like, I think 15 minutes or something like that. Like that's, that's inexcusable for your sixth man off the bench. Kevin Love needs more playing time. Kevin Love proved last year and he's proved this year in, in certain situations and when he's on the court, good things happen. Put Kevin Love in the game. Use your bench, JB, for the love of God. Stop wearing out your team. We're going through all these issues. Derry, uh, Donovan Mitchell missed Friday and Saturday's games with a leg issue, and then you're you're not going to the bench as often as you should on Monday. Jared Allen's missed how many games this year with injuries? Uh, Darius Garland, albeit it was an eye injury, missed games with an injury. Go to your bench. Keep your players fresh. You know, I, I don't know what else to say. You lose this game by one point. Does a Kevin Love, does a fresher body maybe help you in that comeback situation? Because then Donovan Mitchell is not playing so much. The last shot of the game, the guy has just played for 40-plus minutes probably. I didn't look at the stat sheet for that, but I'm assuming he played 30-plus, 40 minutes almost, and he misses the game-winning shot. Is he a little tired maybe? Your legs get tired. You shoot from your legs in the NBA. Is that a factor? Is J.B. Bickerstaff wearing these guys out? These are games in December you need to win. Um, you need to lock these games up you know, going into January. Yep. Did you hear uh, Donovan Mitchell after the game when they asked him about the game against the Spurs? No, I didn't hear the interview. He said, we played the record. We didn't play the Spurs tonight. We played the record, meaning they looked at the record and said, this is going to be a fucking easy one. They went out there, and the Spurs have been on a they – were, they were on a 10-game losing streak, and they won like three out of their last four before they met the Cavaliers. So they, they're on a little bit of a hot streak right now, but – Going into it, they suck. So that's why Donovan Mitchell was like, we played the record, which is not a good thing for a young team to do. J.B. Bickerstaff has to get these guys focused. Pay attention to your opponent. Take everybody seriously because you're a really good team now. Everyone knows it. Every team is going to play their best against you because they want to prove to the world that they can beat you. You have to match that. And yeah. J.B. has got to get that through their fucking heads. And this is the thing, too. Like, we're in the three seed, I still think, I think, right? I believe. The, the, Nets, the Nets are going to come. They're going to eventually probably work their way up. The Sixers are going to eventually probably work. This three, the three seed's not locked for us. We can't get comfortable no, not at all. We, You can't afford these losses right now. These are games that down the stretch, you know, when you get to March and April and you're playing for the final seeding in the playoffs, you're going to look back and go, fuck, we should have beat the Kings. We're 0-2 against the Kings this year. That's unacceptable. We We... Just lost to the Spurs uh, Monday night. Unacceptable. We're about to tip off against the Mavericks here tonight any minute. I think it's an 8 o'clock game. I'm, I'm worried that Luke is going to put up like 40 points and we're going to lose this game to the Mavs because they're a fucking good, they're a decent team. Um, 
But some of these games, you just can't lose. We went on that West Coast road trip. We lost to the Kings. We lost a game that we should have won against the, the Warriors. Then we come home, huge comeback against the Timberwolves, lose the game. Like You, you can't afford these losses early in the season. They're going to bite you in the ass later. Uh, speaking of the NBA, did you see the awards? Dude, I'm a, I'm a fan. Are you? I am. You're not? Yes and no. I'm indifferent because I look at some of the names and I go, all right, are they are they prepared to change these in 10, 15 years? Because there are other players that are going to be way more worthy than a lot of the guys named on these trophies, in my opinion. Who? Which one are you not a fan of? Uh, I mean, uh, mo- uh, most of the older ones. So you've got John Havlicek. We'll start with the, the minor awards. Sixth man of the year, John Havlicek. Okay, that's a guy who played 60-something years ago, old as fuck a guy that I'm not familiar with aside from knowing him as an NBA hall of famer and you know, this and that, but I never obviously watched him. Uh, excuse me. When you go forward, you're going to have like Jamal Crawford's one of the best six man of all time. He can come off the bench and he was known as a guy that you get Jamal Crawford on your team. He is a sixth man. He's great at it. Uh, Robert Ori, great sixth man. You've got these other players that have been in the league when I watched where I'm looking at it going, okay, John Havlicek can have this award for right now, but in like 10 years, give or take, that give me some updated names. Uh, most improved player went to uh, the, the award is now called the George Mikan trophy. Again, there's better players that have improved in the NBA. I mean, I didn't go through a list, but I'm sure there's players that started off kind of shitty. I mean, I hate the guy, but Draymond green, Draymond green was a second round pick. He was a nobody. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was a mid first round pick. He was out of Greece. Nobody knew anything about him. He was skinny as fuck. He worked on himself. He got better. Look at how good he is now. He's an MVP. That that award could be called the mo- the most improved player. Could be the Giannis Antetokounmpo award in fifteen years after he's retired. In my opinion, I get it. They're not going to name it after a current player right now. I totally understand that. But I'm I'm even looking at guys for rookie of the year. You have the Wilt Chamberlain award because Wilt Chamberlain did have one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. I can't take that against him. Will Chamberlain's a little more of a household name for basketball than George Mikan and John Havlicek, but there are these players, and it's like, man, they're all old as fuck. Are they ever going to update these to current players? Eventually. I mean, possibly. I don't think they're ever going to do that or even change the logo to the NBA, too. And then there's the most clutch award, the Jerry West Award. Jerry West is already the logo. He Now he needs an award. You couldn't give that to a Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant was pretty fucking clutch. He's dead. He, he can't do anything else. You, you guys can't honor Kobe Bryant and give him the most clutch award named after him. Jerry West is already the fucking face of the NBA logo. You couldn't give that to, you couldn't find one other player to give that award to. I just find that, that puzzling. Um, defensive player of the year award is called the Hakeem Olajuwon award. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, obviously one of the greatest defensive players of all time. That's one where in 20 years, you could probably look back and go, maybe there's some other defensive guys that were really damn good and, and could be I in that. I doubt it if they change these awards every 10, 15, 20 years. You know? And I, I personally think that they should. I just feel like eventually it could get a little confusing where it's like, all right, they change it every 10 years. So it's like, okay, who won the Hakeem Olajuwon award in 2022? And then you're like, oh shit. Well, now it's called the Dikembe Mutombo award. So you're like, fuck, I don't know who won it. 20 years ago or something. You know what I, I mean? Think they can... I think there's one of these six that won't ever change though. Uh, are you going to go with MJ? Of course. Uh, no, I think this will be called the LeBron James award in about 20 years. I don't think it will. They're giving MJ his time right now, but it will be the, the LeBron James award. Cause LeBron's going to go down as the greatest scorer of all time. Um, 
he was just a great player. I, I mean, I, I never, I didn't, I didn't look at MVPs. Who's got more? I, Jordan probably has more. But LeBron, realistically, if the NBA wasn't a bunch of fucking idiots, LeBron could have won the MVP for like ten straight years when he was in his absolute prime with the Cavaliers in the the late two thousands to a couple years ago. Even LeBron could have easily won the MVP every year, and no one would have questioned it. But the NBA, the NBA is trying to be a little diversive, and, and they're making sure it goes to multiple people. Some guys are getting it a few times here and there. They're not trying to overdo it. But LeBron realistically could have won the MVP for probably 15 of the last 20 years, in my opinion. I think Jordan and um, LeBron are tied, actually, for MVP totals. Are they? I mean, that's why I think, I think eventually they're doing this right now because Jordan's alive. Give Jordan the trophy. Jordan's probably what in his sixties, something like that. I don't know how old I mean, he is. To be honest, though, if they're going off who gets the award the most, I mean, it should have been named the Kareem of Jewel Jabbar Award or whatever, because he was he has six of them, I believe, six or seven of them. Yeah, so that's why it's kind of a weird situation of how they name these. It's like there's people that you probably could have named it in advance. I mean, the one I'm really having a trouble with is the Jerry West Award. He's already the fucking logo. How much more does the guy need? You couldn't find one other player in NBA history to get this name. To get this award I have talks to them changing the logo and moving it to possibly like a Kobe Bryant like kind of silhouette type thing. I've seen like draw-ups of it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, that'd be kind of cool to do that. I've seen it too, but I don't think the NBA would do it because of Kobe's history. Naming an award after him? Whatever. Most people don't care about that little shit. No one, like the most clutch award is an award they invented this year to call the Jerry West Award. Now, with Kobe Bryant being the face of the NBA, that could get a lot of women's rights activists out after him because of the, the the rape allegations that he had in Colorado. So I understand them not making him the face of the NBA. But the most clutch award, you couldn't just call it the Kobe Bryant Award. I feel like that's one you could name it that, never change it. That's a really good thing to do. But the NBA really fucked up on this one, in my opinion. And I'm not even the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. You guys all know where I stand with that. He was a good player, but I don't think he's even in the conversation with MJ and, Jordan, and uh, LeBron. He's good, but there's not like, ooh, Kobe's really good too. Kobe is a distant, wherever you want to put him, third, fourth, fifth, I don't care. He is not even close to one or two in NBA all-time. Um, okay. <laughs> you don't agree with that? I think I mean, I think Kobe's top five all-time for sure. No, no, that's fine. I'm saying there, there are people when, when you talk about the greatest of all time, it, to me it's LeBron and, and, and Jordan. That's it. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I think Kobe can be talked about in that same conversation because Kobe was pretty. Kobe was damn good. I just think Ron and Jordan, another another planet. Nobody else will ever be on that planet with them. Yeah, I mean, I think what shot Kobe in the the foot was his injuries uh, at the end of his career. He had the the allegations. He had the issues with Shaq, and you know this and that. Great player. Again, like I said, if, um, he'll go down as top five, top ten of all time. No question about it. It's the people that when you talk about greatest of all time, I've seen arguments where people are like, oh, Kobe should be in this discussion. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's back that up right away. Jordan, LeBron do things that Kobe could never even dream of doing. Their their game was way more well-rounded than Kobe Bryant. Great scorer for Kobe Bryant. LeBron and Jordan rebounds, assists, all that shit. They're just next level compared to what Kobe Bryant did. Kobe had the best helicopter dunk of all time, though. You can't take that away from him. Yeah, he did. He dunked one, and I don't think anybody will top it. We'll, we'll see one day, maybe. All right. Uh, that's all I got for the MV- the awards, but, of course, the one is named the Michael Jordan Award. How's that one not going to laugh track thing? Come on, Tim. You're fucking slacking here. Tim, We got Tim all horned up talking about his dating show. He's over there on Tinder. I can see it. He's swiping. 
Either that or he's picking out dinner. I don't know which one it is, but he's doing something. <laughs> All right. Let's recap the week that was. Week 13, you had Thursday Night Football, the, the miraculous comeback from Mr. Baker Mayfield. He, I, it, I don't... I mean, I knew something fucking shitty was going to happen like that, where it was just going to make us talk about him again. Well, I, out there. I, he did that because he did make me win my bold prediction. My bold prediction was that Baker Mayfield would throw a touchdown or score a touchdown, I should say. And he did it last play of the game and it fucking would happen. So thank you, Baker. Why are you going looking at my seat? That's Tim reminding everyone at home that Kyle's not here. <laughs> I think Tim's elbow. The camera got fucked up. <laughs> Tim's over there chugging an herbal uh, Arizona energy tea. I used to drink those back in the day. I haven't seen that in a while. Actually, I think the the, the herbs are messing with Tim. Um, Is this like a pour one out for your homies type shot, like Kyle's dead or something. No, actually, what I think this is, I think Lee is sabotaging <laughs> at home. I'm blaming Lee. I feel like that happens to Tim, so we can only return the favor. Justin, you should slide your face in by my chair right there so we can see you on camera. <laughs> the minute I get over there, it'll, it'll fix it. I'll be back over here. <laughs> but it is what it is. I can talk without being seen. Oh, we're frozen. Okay, no worries. Tim will figure it out, but I can keep talking. No, I can hear myself. Doing it live. Let's go. Raiders lose to the Rams on a last-minute field goal or a touchdown from Baker Mayfield. The Rams score 14 points in the third quarter. The Raiders are... I forgot the exact stat, but it's like teams with a double-digit lead at halftime are damn near undefeated. The Raiders have lost four of those games this year. That's insane. They are losing at a historic pace. Well, yeah, that, I mean that um, that Raiders that Raiders long drive those penalties fucking killed them. They should have that game. That Baker should never have made it past the fifty during that game. But I mean that's that's insane to me that they gave up that crucial penalties in that last end of the game right there. Am I good? Are we, are we okay oh. over here? Keep going, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, you're up. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Jets Bills. Jets Bills, huh? Um, that was an interesting game to say the least. I honestly, but I'm just kind of more of a blowout game. Um, what do you got? The Jets, the 20 to 20, 20 to 12. I think the best part of this game, it, for me at least, was at the um, end of the game where the reporters were asking Josh Allen, like, um, we don't think you have the offense that's built for playoffs. And just to look at Josh Allen's face when he said, yep, okay, yep, okay. Like, he just he felt insulted by that. But they should have beat the Jets by more. But, I mean, it is what it is. What can you say? Uh, we had the Jets, Bills, 20-12, Cowboys versus Texans. Uh, I, I don't know what the Cowboys are right now. The Cowboys versus Texans, 27-23. to 23. Uh, The Cowboys barely won that game. They needed, I think, two attempts or three attempts at the end zone to get that ball in. Um, but, uh, hey, Cowboys walked away at the victory there, kept their uh, long playoff division hopes in line there. Lions versus Vikings. We called it before last week. We were both questioning why the Lions were favored. Clearly, Vegas knows more than we do. Uh, Lions came out. They won 34-23. Uh, that was a very interesting game, to say the least. Um, but, hey. Oh, look at that beautiful face. Ooh. Here we that. go. Yeah, a couple things really quick. I'll catch up with you. Um. Jets bills. Uh, I give a little credit to Mike white. I think he sucks as a quarterback. I don't think the jets are ever going to win shit. Um, however, Mike white took a fucking beating with the Buffalo bills on Sunday. I don't know if you guys saw that. I mean, kudos to him for staying in the game. They did only lose by eight. Uh, the game was never really that close, but uh, Mike white did take a beating. 
And yeah, Cowboys barely beat the Texans. Was it just a fluky any given Sunday type situation or was it a potential the Cowboys just they're maybe a little overrated? What do you think? I mean, I don't know because what does it say about the Browns now beating the, the beating uh, the Texans how we beat them? You know, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, but no, the Cowboys needed what two or th- two or three attempts to get that touchdown at the end of the game to win the game. It's crazy. That was my joke with my buddies because I got a, I got a, a friends group of my buddies that go to the draft every year with me, and one of the guys is actually a Cowboys fan. He's from Gallatin, Texas. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan through and through. So last week when Deshaun Watson was playing and we were we were struggling against the Texans. My Jets fan friends were all texting, and my Seahawk buddy, they're all talking shit. Deshaun sucks. You guys can barely beat the Texans. This is embarrassing. You spent $230 million for this. So finally, the next week, when they're losing to the fucking Cowboys or the Texans most of the game, I text in the group, and I go, oh, everyone's awful fucking quiet this week about the Texans beating one of our teams in the group thread. That's weird. And I'm, like, giving them all shit. Um, Cowboys did prevail, but, yeah, ugly game. And then, yeah, the Lions, apparently that two-point spread wasn't enough. And old man Chipper, these technical issues don't happen on your show because Lee sabotaged our board. He is jealous of this show. Next week when Kyle's back in studio, we are going to let all of you motherfuckers know that we're the champions because guess what? We were number one show at Redline Radio. And Lee, Lee was so ashamed that, that they didn't win best show that he canceled best show at Studio 2. There's only two shows at Studio 2. By default, Steel City Renegades won that award. Lee nicks the award. He goes, we're not doing a best at Studio 2 this week or this month. However, if, if we don't have our tag team belts at Studio 2 next week, I'm fucking well, throwing I mean, name makers. Somewhere. I don't know if Dave's watching right now, but Dave, I'm going to be messaging you. Those those Studio or Studio 2 better have those championship belts next week because Kyle and I are cutting a fucking promo like we're uh, Scott Steiner in the 90s on WCW. We're going to be telling yeah. ma- everybody math and fucking it up, and it's going to be great. Um, which camera, right? Yep. And uh, we're gonna be we're gonna do a promo. We're gonna have the championship belts. But again, when when Steel City won best show overall, they made sure to have the award ceremony, a big one for them. But when they, when they get best at Studio Two by default, because there's only two shows, and we won best overall, so obviously they can't. We we should have gotten both. I guess technically we were best overall and best at Studio Two. So double awards for us. That's why we get two belts next week, and you're gonna yep. fucking see it in person. So keep prepared, for that. Keep them, keep keep prepared for that. Um, but yeah, apparently the spread wasn't enough for the Lions at two because they won by a lot. They won 34 Who, who are show. the Lions, man? Who are they? I don't understand. Gritty. They are a gritty, no-nonsense team. Um, I hope that continues this week because I hate the Jets and their fans, so I want them to beat the shit out of the Jets. We'll see what how about happens. That, how about that line, lineman catch and fall forward for that first down? That was great. That was their first round pick. Uh, Sene Puel, or however you say his fucking name. Uh, first round pick for the Lions last year, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. Great to see him catch that fourth down conversion. That was so cool. Did you see, did you see Dan Campbell's like um, interview with that play? Yeah, he's fucking, he's a weird dude. But Because they called it down, he didn't hear him at first He's because he was too paying attention to the wave going around the stadium. And he, he said, yeah, go ahead. And then when they hiked the ball and saw him run, I was like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, oh, okay. Okay, that works. And then he yeah. just lost his mind. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Which is funny because, like, imagine if Stefanski was like, oh, I didn't know Brissett was going to throw the ball in fourth down. I was watching the fans. Everyone would be like, fire this guy. But it worked for Dan Campbell. So they're like, amazing story. But because Brissett missed the touchdown, Kevin Stefanski needs to be fired. It's funny how football fans are very fucking finicky about all that. Could you just imagine uh, Joe Petoni out there running, trying to catch the ball? <laughs> no. I, 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 I have enough trouble trying to watch our wide receivers catch the ball. I think we had seven drops on Sunday. So 
let's not get let's not get crazy and throw to our offensive linemen. Uh, speaking of finicky and finkles and fickles, we've got, uh, we got the Titans. Just made me think of uh, Luke Fickle here talking about uh, Mike Vrabel. Uh, the Titans lose to the Jaguars, thirty-six to twenty-two. What the fuck is up Ooh. with the Titans? Fired their general manager last week. Something's going on. I think Vrabel has a foot out the door. We maybe something's going on. That's a lot of things. Is he's kind of like fuck it? I don't even want to be in the playoffs this year because I don't want to extend this shit any longer. So let's tank, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Ryan Day is going anywhere, but I'm sure Ohio State has like a has a letter right right uh, right up and ready to go by the time that that, that game's over on December 31st. So, or it we'll could be Mike Vrabel wants to go to a different team in the NFL. There's going to be coaching changes happening. Um, Mike Vrabel is more than likely going to have his pick of the litter if there if there are coaches that be, or coaching spots that become available. Uh, Mike Vrabel's got to be a top candidate for just about every every team. Um, Look at some teams like we won't go over it now. It's kind of funny. Somebody tweeted out earlier that bookies.com, they have their updated version of coaches on the hot seat. Did you happen to see it? I didn't see it, but I'm assuming Stefanski's down there. Stefanski, surprisingly, came in at number two. Are you Uh, really surprised? Yeah, I mean, by the list, because I think they had Cliff Kingsbury at like three or four, which I thought was fucking foolish because Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion, should be number one. I get I it. I assume they got the Denver court, uh, the Denver coach number one, right? <laughs> so it was Nathaniel Hackett was number one. You've got uh, Kevin Stefanski at number two. And then let me find it again. Um, here it is. Yeah, bookies.com. Nathaniel Hackett comes in at one at plus 25, and it tells you the percentage odds. So they have him at a 26.8% probability of getting fired. Uh, Kevin Stefanski plus 275, meaning he is at a 26.7% probability of getting fired. It's an implied probability, I should say. Uh, Kingsbury is at 20%. Todd Bowles of the Buccaneers is 16.7. Brandon Staley of the Chargers, 9.5. Lovey Smith of the Texans, 9.1. And Dennis Allen of the Saints, 9.1 as well. So that's the bookies.com update to coaches getting fired. Um, But look at any of those teams. Look at Denver. Denver has a really good team. On paper, they were projected to be way better than they actually are. That that trade for Russell Wilson is looking like a huge, colossal bust. Um, but imagine got his bell ring on Sunday. Woo-hoo. Imagine them with Mike Vrabel. He could do some shit. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is obviously a limited quarterback. They get what they can out of him. Derrick Henry's not getting any younger. He's not getting any any better. He's he's only going to be getting. He's only going to deteriorate the older he gets. Um, so I could definitely see Mike Vrabel trying to get the fuck out of there, and Denver would be a great landing spot for Vrabel. I didn't, I didn't hear the rest of the list, but who's it? Where is the Chargers uh, coach on that list? Joe Staley was kind of low. He's at nine percent. Could you imagine Vrabel on the on the Chargers? I mean, honestly, yeah, that's be- another one that if they got rid of Staley, that would be insane. If he went there, that fucking talent, he gets to work with a franchise quarterback. Like again, I think Vrabel, if if he does get fired or or quit, whatever. I mean, I'm sure he can resign. Um, we'll have his pick of any team in the NFL. Truthfully. Um, who knows? Maybe Bill Belichick wants to hang it up and Vrabel's just waiting to go take that job over, but I don't think so. I think the Patriots kind of stink if I'm being honest. Um, let's talk about the Patriots. You see, uh, I think Matt Patricia's on his way out the door out there too. You see the little verbal altercation between him and Mac Jones. They've actually done that a few times this year. Mac Jones is not happy with the offense sometimes and him and Matt Patricia get into it. Matt Patricia, that, that hire never made sense to me. Matt Patricia is a defensive coordinator. Uh, he was a damn good one with the Patriots, won multiple Super Bowls with them as the D coordinator. Went on to the Lions to be their head coach. Again, defensive-minded coach. Didn't pan out. Went back to New England. The only position they had available, offensive coordinator. So they gave him the job. 
a guy well, this who is, this is Belichick trying to teach him how to be an offensive minded coach so he can go get right. another coaching job after right, which is smart but it's it is kind of holding them back because I mean you see the Patriots offense it's not good um personally I don't like Mac Jones I don't think he's that good of a quarterback so I think you can kind of contribute that towards a little bit of that lack of talent and a coach who's in over his head um Eagles beat up on the Giants 48-22 Ravens get the W over the Steelers while old man Chip and Dave were in attendance 16 to 14 Steelers shit the bed uh Kenny um Pickett all he does is Pickett uh got a concussion and little bitch Trubisky threw three interceptions and they lose to the Bengals 16-14 he got a concussion the first play didn't he uh it was early in the game I forgot exactly when but he can go fuck himself he shouldn't be in the NFL he stinks in his little tiny hands uh, the Chiefs beat up, uh, beat the Broncos 34 uh, 28. Another guy that got his bell rung, Russell Wilson, as Kyle mentioned earlier. They, they sneak away with the W there, even though they tried to piss it away. Buccaneers got fucking shellacked by Brock Purdy in the 49ers 35 7. That game was ugly. Panthers run, run, run the ball all over the Seahawks 30 24 for the victory. Panthers are actually, the AFC South is so fucking bad. The Panthers are in, in the spot to win, a, to be a, Division champion still at five and eight um, because the Buccaneers are only six and seven. So it's still very, very possible. Uh, Sunday night football, the Chargers beat up on the Dolphins 23-17. It was actually a very fun game. And then Monday night football, Kyler, Kyler Murray on a non-contact play. Um, tears his ACL. He's out for the year. It's going to affect him in probably into the 2023 season because these injuries take a long time to recover. And the later in the season, these injuries happen, the harder it is to get back in time for the start of the next season. We saw that with Joe Burrow, his rookie season, he got hurt like week eight and he barely made it back for week one the next year. Now, Kyler Murray getting hurt in week 14. On not turf, a- wasn't it? Well, on turf, yes, wasn't it was at their home game. Yeah, it was in, in Arizona um, on artificial turf. And they lose him for the year, and the Patriots make them lose the game 27 to 13. You got all um, that Call of Duty time now. You're at home. So you, you get a lot of it. A lot of playing time with that because you can't even fucking walk. The ACL surgery, you've had it. My wife's had it. You're, you're couch ridden. You do not move. So it is what it is. It sucks for Kyler Murray, but injuries are part of football. Uh, you hate to see them, but they definitely happen. Uh, really quickly, let's get into we have Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Okay. Stroud. Uh, I don't agree with this personally. I do think CJ Stroud is the better overall, had the better overall season. Um, yeah, he had a few dud games that bad weather against Northwestern didn't look absolutely great against Michigan. Um, but Caleb Williams went out there and shit the bed against Utah in a clutch game that would have put them in the playoffs. Meanwhile, Ohio state by default gets into the playoffs and Caleb Williams still gets the Heisman. Um, to me, the Heisman's kind of a watered-down award at this point. I will say that most Heisman winners tend to not have NFL success, so it's probably a good thing for C.J. Stroud that he didn't win the Heisman, if I'm being honest. Um, go back and look at the list. There's only a handful of people that actually made careers in the NFL and won a Heisman. There's Charles Woodson, Eddie George, Archie Griffin didn't wasn't really great in the NFL. Um, Johnny Manziel's Heisman winner. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I I can't even remember half of them because I don't really care about the Heisman, if I'm being honest. But most of them don't go on to have great NFL success. Uh, So probably a good thing that C.J. Stroud didn't get it. What do you think about it? Didn't Baker Mayfield win a Heisman? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. Another guy. I just wanted to add to your list of players who don't do it. I forgot about him winning it, actually. I mean, that just goes to show you how, like, 
the award kind of can kind of go to anybody where you're like, wow, this guy's really not a great NFL player, but he won this award in college and it makes you think. Yeah. He beat out Lamar Jackson for it. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's, that's wild to think about it. Now look at their NFL careers. Who's the most successful Heisman to go on the NFL? Um, off the top of my head, probably, I would probably say Charles Woodson. Would you, uh, him or him or George, I think. I mean, Eddie George had a very good career, but Charles Woodson's a hall of famer. Yeah, I'd probably be, I'd probably be Woodson. You're right. Yeah, I mean, isn't the, isn't the you know yeah it probably is. Yeah, I probably definitely uh, Woodson for sure. Let me look it up. Best Heisman winner of all time. Best Heisman winners in NFL. Boom! It's like Google knew what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, okay, so some Heisman winners: Derrick Henry, very good NFL career. Um, Joe Burrow, Heisman winner, good NFL career so far. Uh, here we go. Top 10 Heisman Trophy winners in hey, the NFL. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, so there's some, there's been some decent ones out there. Barry uh, Sanders. Yeah, so they have Tim Brown as number one, I think. Or no, the, the it's counting backwards. My apologies. So let me get down to one here. The computer's running a little slow. OJ Simpson, he's had a pretty great career. He was a Heisman winner. He did some shit on and off the field. Yeah, he was a killer. Yeah, he killed it on and off the field. Uh, he, had a, he had a nice Sanders. stiff arm. Nice stiff arm. You know. I didn't realize Barry Sanders won the Heisman. To be honest, that was a little before my time. Um, back, yeah. Barry Sanders would be probably your best Heisman winner in the NFL of all time. I didn't realize he won. Um, Talk about a man who retired too early, man. Oof, I mean, didn't he or didn't he? I mean, he he's still known as one of the greatest of all time. I don't know if he would have ever really had any success playing with the Lions because I mean, they're I love like, watching his probably. highlight videos on YouTube, just getting lost. Like his way, he cuts oh, he's, left, he's, right, he's, back, he's, forth. He can do so much, and and he can walk now. I mean, he's he's in good shape. He doesn't have CTE, to my knowledge. He's not struggling and you know needing hip replacements and knee replacements. So he probably did do the right thing. Yeah, that's true. Um. All right. With that being said, let's get right into Week 14 picks because we are up against it. You know how it goes with rambling and shit happens, and um, we're gonna do it. Lead gets bigger. It got a little bit bigger. We are in Week 15 of the NFL. We have JG, Kyle, and Mr. Tim. Pick two. 4318, Tim, what happened last week? Tim and I uh, both did not do well. We both went six and seven. Both I think that's my first time ever going below five hundred, actually. But as I said last week, I'm like, I gotta make a comeback. So I had to take some chances on some games that I wasn't really too confident in. Um I I, I weren't I, I weren't I was not confident in. I, I can't fucking talk right now. It was calm down, calm down, Lee. It's okay. And uh <laughs> I am, I'm struggling right now. Um not a good week. Not a good week for me. Kyle, even your week was okay. I mean, it was pretty average. I think you went eight and five, like nothing great. But because I took so many chances, it it, it helped you and hurt me. Um, I was looking at the scores. I'm like, uh, lost that one. As soon as I as soon as I seen the Thursday game, I lost. I was like, uh-oh. I'm not going to lie. I was really hung over Sunday, and I barely moved. So I didn't even grab my notebook. So when I did the scores today, and I went through, and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember picking them, but I guess I did. And I was not happy with it. Um, it, was a, it was kind of a drunk Saturday, wasn't it? Huh? Like I thought we all took Pittsburgh, and then I looked, and I'm like, "Fuck, Kyle took Baltimore." Are you kidding me? I'm like, "Damn it!" So he fucking wins that one. I picked, I picked Baltimore, and you did too. And I'm thinking, like, I thought we all picked them, and then I was like, "Shit, did Kyle go with his old reliable and pick the the Lions?" Because that's going to hurt me too. Luckily, we all picked Minnesota there, but I I forgot all of our fucking picks. Um, but with that being said, let's get right into it. Thursday night football. You've got the red hot 49ers 
at Seattle, who's struggling. Seattle kind of exposed last week against the Carolina Panthers about their run defense being kind of shitty. And you go up against Christian McCaffrey and a Niners team that really likes to run the ball. However, they are without Debo Samuel. He got hurt. So does the Brock Purdy magic roll on, or does Geno Smith finally find the win column again? I am going to go with the Niners. Yeah, give me Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, relevant. Actually, he's there. Mr. Very Relevant right now. Dude, how, how, how nice of a Rudy story is that, man? His, oh, his, his uh, family and friends in the, in the – the bench and everything or this in the stadium cheering his name and his dad's crying in the sideline. What a moment for that family. They, they have a two game lead right now over the Seahawks. Uh, it, it's a great story. However, I do find it funny and, and I hope this happens because I hate, I hate Kyle Shanahan um, and the Niners. So I hope that the first round of the playoffs, the Brock Purdy experiment comes to fruition and, and a real NFL defense in the playoffs puts him back down to reality and he gets embarrassed. I would absolutely love that. I think that would be a you great. Don't like, you don't like good stories? Come on, you're so cold-hearted. I, I actually I just, was party. As a Browns fan, I just hate other teams that win. That's my problem. Oh, we're going to the middle camera here. I could turn a little bit. Um, but as as a Browns fan, I hate other teams that win. So honestly, there's pretty much no team I can root, root for and be happy about. So every team going to the playoffs that's not from Cleveland, I want them to lose horribly. So Brock Purdy is no exception. Fuck him and fuck the Niners. But this week, I think they win. Tim, where are you at with this one? I got the Niners as we much as clean, I want to make the birds. So. We got a clean sweep. Unfortunately, I think we might be hearing a bird maybe down the line. We'll see. Um, San Francisco for all. Colts against the Vikings. Uh, I'll start off. I think this one might be a clean sweep again also. I think the Colts kind of – or the Vikings bounce back and get themselves a victory here at home. Uh, the Jeff Saturday experiment is not going well. There was talk about possibly benching Matt Ryan, but they're going to stick with him. The Colts are just a shit show. They have a lot of injuries. They're just not a very good team. So for me, give me the Vikings. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Give me the Vikings on this one, too. Clean sweep. Another one. Sweep the legs, Johnny. And we will skip Browns Ravens till the end, as we always do. And that gets us to the... Wait a minute. Oh, I forgot. That's on Saturday. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? There's only three games. Uh, Dolphins and Bills. Uh, this is a good one. This is the Saturday night football game. The Dolphins, I think, are on a two-game losing streak. Both losses have been kind of ugly. Uh, looks like defenses have figured out the Mike McDaniel offense. They figured out how to shut down Tua. They have not figured out how to stop Tyreek Hill, but at the end of the day, nobody has. No. Um, the Buffalo Bills offense is struggling a little bit. They did play a very good Jets defense. Uh, Josh Allen's a little banged up. They just signed Cole Beasley off the COVID-19 free agent list. Um, oh my god, that's one thing we didn't talk about. Does that shut down the OBJ train wherever he's going? Because the Cowboys signed somebody, the Bills signed, have now signed someone. Yeah, uh, the only team, I mean, who were the other teams rumored to him? Giants. I don't even know. The, the the Rams, quote unquote, were leaving a locker room open for a locker open for him. Now that they have Baker, there's no absolutely no chance of, of OBJ going there. So that door's closed. I don't, I don't think he signs anywhere this year. I mean Unfortunately, what I heard is that he can't pass the physical. And if you can't move that, and I think that's the problem with some of these other guys, because I, I hear a lot of people that are telling me, that, you know, the Browns need to go get Will Fuller. Will Fuller has been out of football. <clears throat> there we go. There's a reason he's been out of football because he's not, he can't play like he used to. And I think that's the problem with OBJ and why no one's going to roll the dice with a guy like that. Um, I hate to say it, but he either has to get really healthy for next year or his career might be over. Um, I think, that, I think that's uh, the doors closed for him. But with this game, I'll, I'll jump off first. 
Uh, give me the Bills. I, even though I think the, the Bills haven't been as strong offensively in the last couple of games as they should be or they need to be, I still think that, I think the Bills take this one at home. Yeah, I'm with you because I also think, from what I heard, there's a bit of a snowstorm coming to Buffalo this weekend. And Miami, obviously, they play in warm weather. They were just in Los Angeles. Tyreek Hill, Tua, these guys are fast. They play aerial football. Hard to have an aerial football game in a snowstorm. I think advantage Bills. Uh, Josh Allen's just kind of going to muscle them around a little bit. So I'm with you. Give me the bills. Another, another clean sweep. We are three for three on the clean sweeps. I like it. Oh, this is, shit. This is not helping me make my comeback, but I also, I'm not going to fucking piss away a game. And, and, and these are, these are gimmies in my opinion. Uh, next up, we get back to Sunday and now we get to make a bird noise for our man, Tim, because we have the Eagles against the bears. And I think we're going to go four for four on the clean sweeps. And I think we all know which team we're going with Tim. You goddamn right. It's the Philadelphia Eagles for everybody, I think. Kyle, can I? Jalen Hurts, MVP, baby, I believe. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Not according to Micah Parsons, but am I speaking out of school by taking the Eagles for everyone? I think I'm right. Yes, you're right. All right. Philly cheesesteaks for everybody. I'm hungry as fuck. I don't want a cheesesteak right now. I've I've actually had an authentic Philadelphia cheesesteak, and it was fucking delicious. (laughs) With the cheese whiz and everything, and homeless people all around me, it was fucking real. You got the, the whole, you got the whole Philly experience. While you while you're taking a bite, you're breathing through your nose. You just smell the piss of Philadelphia. It was amazing um, experience. Um, here we have uh, the game, uh, an interesting one. We have the Falcons and the Saints. Normally, this would probably be an easy pick for the Falcons because the way they've been playing. Marcus Mariota is. Did you did you see this? Let's talk about this for a second. Coming off the bye week, they announced they were benching Mariota. They were going with Desmond Riddler, Ritter. Come back to practice this week. Marcus Mariota is missing from the team. And the initial story is he's at home. His, his significant other is having a baby. And then the reports come out. She had the baby last week, right after their game against the Steelers. So the baby's been born for two weeks now, and they claim he had to step away for the birth of his child. Then they come out and go, well, why is he away for the birth of his child when the child was born two weeks ago? And they go, oh, he's having knee surgery. We forgot. Yeah, he's hurt. He's having knee surgery. Now he's out for the year. So I think Marcus Mariota threw a fit that he got benched. And they were like, get the fuck out of here. And they kicked him off the team, basically. Man, their PR division's working overtime right now, huh? And yeah, they're not doing a very good job. They're, they're they, pretty bad. Yeah, fact, they can't keep their shit together. <laughs> all you got to say is he's there for his kid. He's on maternity yeah. leave, or, maternity leave, whatever. Or if he is really going to have knee surgery, that could have just been the first thing they said. If he's away for knee surgery, done. End of discussion. They no one's going to question. Excuses. So, no one's going to question knee surgery, yeah. You have Desmond Ritter making his first career start against what could be, and in, in, at times has been a very, very good Saints defense. Uh, in New Orleans, too. Coming off a bye, both teams. Both teams are going to be fresh. Andy Dalton will be the starter for the Saints still, but the, the Saints defense, again, is pretty good. Uh, they should have Marcus Lattimore back in this game. Give me the Saints. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I, I just don't I don't know what you're going to get in, in Ritter, but yeah, give me the Saints. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick a rookie on the road for his first career game, division game. Um, and the Falcons, I mean, without Kyle Pitts, they don't have a lot of talent. How they, how they even have... Their five wins, obviously one of them, the Browns pissed away. How do they have five wins? I don't understand it. Um, so for me, um, give me the Saints. I'm actually going with the oh! lone wolf in it. He's lone wolf in it. Give Tim the fucking dirty South ATL. I like it. Peace up, A-Town Down, or whatever they call it. I don't know. <laughs> I listen to Usher once. I kind of know those, it. What are those kids saying nowadays? 
Yeah, I don't know. No cap or something. I don't even know if that applies here. I have no idea. <laughs> all right. Next up, the game we were all talking about earlier, Lions against the Jets. You've got the, the red-hot Detroit Lions against the ice-cold New York Jets. Um, Mike White is going to attempt to play in this game. He's a little banged up. He's questionable. Uh, they have demoted Joe Flacco, and they have promoted Zach Wilson to the number two quarterback, which is a good, good thing. For, which is a good thing for anybody facing the Jets because if Mike White gets hurt as he beat us, I'm more afraid of Joe Flacco at quarterback than Zach Wilson personally. So, I think advantage Lions. I think they their hot streak continues. Give me Dan Campbell and the ankle biting Lions. Yeah, it's hard to pick against the Lions for me this year at all. I mean, but yeah, give me the Lions here. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. The Lion King. All right. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Panthers, which can we talk about really quick? I think Chip's still watching. Why do those guys on the, on, on the Steel City show, why can't they just fucking call a team by its name? They've got to give funny nicknames to everybody, and they can't say they can't say the Cowboys for Angel. They can't do this for Angel. Hey, stop kissing Angel's ass all the time, boys. Okay, you're allowed to say the fucking team name. And then with the Browns, they have to say that team from First Energy. Why put that much effort into it? Just say the fucking Browns. I say the Steelers. Who gives a tit? Honestly, what the fuck? Anyway, we're, we're giving and, out tits. I'll take a tit and rant. I had. Uh, I said, who gives a tit? <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and, and start off this one. Uh, give me the fucking Panthers on this one. Fuck the Steelers. <laughs> oh, you're going to go fucking take the Steelers. This is the game you want to go for, don't you? I got to make a difference. I got to I got to try to make a comeback. I'm down six. It's got to start somewhere. Uh, I Pittsburgh, saw that pause. <laughs> Pittsburgh's defense is, is still pretty good. Uh, Carolina will be going with Sam Darnold, who's not a very good quarterback. Um, the run game was really good last week against the Panthers. I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that. Um, they are battling for a playoff spot though at five and eight. Um, I just got to make a comeback here. I'm not really fully confident in this pick, but you got to swing for the fences. Give me Pittsburgh. Actually, uh, actually pick Pittsburgh too. Um, hopefully we I, don't have a repeat of last week where you and I both sucked badly. I know, right? We need to make that turnaround. Right? <laughs> As of right now, every time I pick the Steelers, I do good. So <laughs> I like it. It's, right, it's he's got that he's got that uh, renegade talk going on over there. I told you he was with them once, and now he picks the Steelers every week. He's a changed man. Except last week, yeah, except last week, he actually made the right, and he made the right decision. I took him like a fucking idiot, and I lost. Uh, so we have a little difference there. Hopefully, I can make a game back up. Uh, next up, the Dallas Cowboys against another hot team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'll start off. I think the Cowboys are back on track. I think they're going to win this game. They're trying to stay as close to the Eagles as they can. I don't think they're going to get the division. I mean, the Eagles would have to go on like a three-game losing streak in order for the Cowboys to take advantage, um, which is crazy that the Cowboys are going to win like 13 games or whatever, and they're going to have to be a road team in the playoffs because of the division, because of how good the Eagles are. Um, but they're on the road this week and no time like the present to get your practice in for winning on the road. And I think they get the W here over the Jags. I think they also beat the Jags. I, I, I mean, it's, I like the Jags, but I don't think they've they been have, playing well, but the Cowboys yeah. defense is really damn good. Really and I think good. last week was kind of a fluke against the, the Texans. Oof. 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 All right. I'll write Jacksonville for Kyle. All right. <laughs> Uh, no, give me the Cowboys here. That's a smart pick, I guess. But I would not be surprised if Jacksonville doesn't pull this one off. Me neither. I wouldn't be surprised either. All right, next up we have the Chiefs and Texans. I think this one's pretty easy for everybody. We will all take the Texans. 
Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Chiefs for everybody, I assume. Uh, yes, sir. See, a lot of these games are like I'm expecting blowout, so I can't pick opposite because it's 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 not going to win. It's way too bold of a pick. Um, here's the real clunker shit game of the week. We could end up having Brett Ripkin, I think, was the backup for the Broncos against um, uh, Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. That's an ugly fucking game. Cardinals, Broncos, who do you guys have? It's hard to pick the Broncos. It is. But I'm picking them this week. Um, I, I think... Uh, Can you do a neigh or whatever sound the horses make? Can you try that? <laughs> yeah! I'll take it. That's a Bronco right there. It sounds like a constipated Bronco. He's a little backed like up. A <laughs> shot in the leg or something. Jesus. Yeah. He's uh, an in- <laughs> uh, Give me the Broncos at home, too. It's going to be an ugly game, but give me the Broncos. I, don't admit, I was hoping to go opposite here. I'm going Broncos. I'm picking the team with the better defense because they're backup quarterbacks. Colt McCoy... Good defense, shut them the fuck down on Monday night against the Patriots. And the Denver Broncos really does have a good defense. So uh, I'm going with them as well. Next up, we've got another battle of Josh McDaniels against his his predecessor or his his teacher, his master, Bill Belichick. Raiders are kind of playing hot. Uh, the line is even. Vegas doesn't even know who to pick. Uh I'll start us off. Give me the Patriots. Give me Bill Belichick. I think he's going to know everything Josh McDaniels is going to try to do. His main focus is going to be shutting down Devontae Adams and stopping the run. And I think Bill, if anyone knows how to do that, it's going to be Bill Belichick. I know McDaniels did beat Bill many moons ago with Tim Tebow at quarterback. Um, but I got, I'm going to roll with the Patriots right now. Patriots yeah, have a lot of stake. They're playing for a playoff spot. Bill Belichick doesn't fuck around in November, in December football. Did you say steak? I wish I had a steak. I'm kind of hungry myself. No, nobody, nobody does well. Ex ex coaches of Belichick don't do well against them, really. So give me the give me the Patriots here. Ugh, you saying that statement kind of throws me off, but I think I'm still going with the Raiders. You know what? Just because I need to make a comeback, I'm going with the Raiders as well. I got to do it. Uh, they are getting. They're supposedly getting Hunter Renfro back. They're getting. Um, Darren Waller back. Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in football. Devontae Adams is a great, great weapon. Uh, their defense does suck dick. I mean, they did just lose to Baker. Um, but I got I to take a chance here. So give me this, this loaded offense that could potentially put up some points. I don't know. I got to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to win. So I got to do it. Give me Vegas. Uh, next up, Titans and Chargers. I'll start us off here. I think I'm going to take the hotter team, and that is the Chargers. Uh, as you said earlier, I think Mike Rapel does have one foot out the door. The Titans are kind of risking pissing away their division title here because Jacksonville keeps winning. Um, but if both teams lose, no harm, no foul to the Titans. But I will be taking the home team in the, in the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers here, too. I just don't think the Titans have it in them. Swiffer. Sweep. 425, we have the Bengals and Broncos taking on each other. Tom Brady looks like a fucking shell of his former self. The Bengals are playing some of the best football. What's up? said the Broncos, not the Bucks. Oh, did I? Well, he looks like he should be playing for the Broncos with how bad he is. <laughs> Bengals and Buccaneers, my bad. Too many Bs in these fucking games. Um, give me the Bengals. The Bengals are playing red hot. I can't go against them, especially against such a bad Tampa Bay team. The Browns beat them, for fuck's sake. Give me the Bronco or the the Bengals. There I am again saying the fucking Broncos. Yeah, give me the give me the Bengals here too. 
definitely a big sweep. Think it a roar or something, or what do they what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> I just love when it's if Tim picks the animal team, I expect to hear animal noises. He's like the, the little fucking pull and spin thing that you had as a little kid that would just play the noises. <laughs> yeah, like there's no teams with cows but tim just makes these random animal noises we love it he's over there clucking it's the greatest thing in the world <laughs> sunday old night Mc, old mctimmy had a farm no, the only old nickname goes to chip and he knows that we won't take that away from him he's young mctim that's what he is um giants commanders last time these teams faced off they tied which was embarrassing, but this game got flexed to Sunday night because the winner will be holding onto a wild card spot. Um, big game, honestly. It's going to be a fun one. Um, personally, because we play them in, in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, I want the commanders to lose because I want them to be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs to where their guys check out and the Browns can win. But I don't think that's going to happen. Give me the commanders. I'll give you a free switch if you want it because I'm taking commanders. We want to go. No, I, I got to go with commanders. I, I really think they're going to win this one. The Giants kind of stink. Yeah, I think the Giants blow. And Tim does not bet against anything named from Washington. Exactly. No. As we learned. So, except for when the Browns play them in a couple of weeks, he will, of course, pick the Browns. He knows, he knows what's good for him. Uh, Monday Night Football, we got a real fucking stinker. We got Baker taking on a real NFL quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Rams are four and nine and one. I'm sorry, four and nine. Packers are five and eight. Uh, I don't think the Baker magic continues. I think the Rams suck. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have himself a hell of a Monday night game to show everybody that he's old. He had a bad year, but he's coming back next year better than ever. Give me the Packers. I love Kobe Jack cheese. <laughs> I love any kind of cheese, honestly. Yeah. Especially Wisconsin. Give me the, uh, give me the Packers here, too. And another sweep right there. Now let's get to the fun part. Browns against the beat-up Ravens. Um, Ravens put up 16 points last week against the Steelers. Their defense is playing very well now that they have Roquan Smith. Um, offensively, they're struggling. They, I mean, Mark Andrews, Kyle's boy, he had one, um, one catch last week, I think it was. Not a very good game. Um, and that's because he is playing with a third string quarterback. So <sighs> I want to, yeah, I like that picture. I do. I like that one a lot. Um, this is a tough one here. If I'm being honest, I, I want to pick the Browns. I mean, my heart says Deshaun's going to go out there and play really well. His first home game, uh, going to have a lot of support. I also, again, every show in Cleveland, everybody talking about football, they are, um, where am I on the right again? Okay. We switched the thing. It threw me off. Um, every, everyone in Cleveland is saying our season's over. That's why I called this episode the season with a question mark. Cause I was asking, I want to know, do you think the season's over Kyle? What say you, I know I started off pretty hot and I said, I don't think the team looks at it as, and that's like, they were talking shit about Stefanski because they interviewed him after the game and they said, what's your, you know, what do you say to the team now after a loss like that to the Bengals? And he goes, you know, every week is our, our goals to go one and oh, so we're just going to keep that going. And they're going, Oh, that, that message isn't going to get through to these guys now that it's over there. These guys are planning vacations. And I'm like, we're five and eight. And there's, Oh, the, the, the wildcard team has seven wins. We're not that far away. Yes, we did lose to them. So we do have tiebreaker disadvantages, but if we go four and oh, and one of those other teams goes one and three or whatever, there's a chance we could still sneak into the playoffs. It's, it's, very, very far-fetched, but it's possible. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think the season's over. I think there's a very small chance, but a chance enough that this team shows up on on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Browns in this one. I, that offense, that is our defense, shows up in moments. <clears throat> I, I hope they don't get fucking punked out again on a uh, uh, a uh, play action pass like they did last week. Lee Flicker. Um, yeah, but serious. Oh, yeah, Flea Flicker. But uh, no, I think our defense holds true here. I think Deshaun does again progresses, does better this week than he did week prior. Uh, give me the win here for the for the Browns on Saturday. Tim, what say you? And then I'll give my rundown. Brownies, brownies, brownies. All right, that's just Tim ordering desserts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we have a clean sweep. I am pick, I'm picking the Browns as well. Um, again, I. I, I think this Deshaun Watson thing is going to work out. I really do. And I think it's going to start this week with, uh, again, we're at home. A lot of guys out there are, are not going to be happy about the game against Cincinnati. They got, we got, we got embarrassed. Let's be honest. We got embarrassed. Joe, they, they threw a flea flicker touchdown. Joe Burrow's out there laughing. Jamar chase is talking shit to our defense. Um, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd didn't play in that game. T Higgins got hurt right away. Tyler Boyd was, was, I guess, disciplinary reasons. Didn't, didn't play. Um, they threw the ball like 30 times and 15 or 20 of those passes went right to Jamar chase that we knew what they were going to do. Joe Woods could not figure out a way to stop it. He kept leaving Denzel Ward on an Island one-on-one against Jamar chase. Jamar chase dominated us again. That's not on Stefanski. That's on the defensive coordinator who I think is going to be replaced. I'm fairly confident in that in the off season. So, uh, I think this weekend though, you have a pissed off Browns team. You've got one thing I want. I want Deshaun Watson to do a little bit better at is I need him to stop yucking it up and laughing with the opposing players. Uh, I noticed late in the fourth quarter on Sunday, we're down 23 to 10. We're trying to make a comeback and Deshaun like runs out of bounds, whatever. And he's talking to the guys on the sidelines, like coaches and shit. And he's got this big smile on his face. He looks happy as fuck. That's fine. If you're friends with those guys, but get that fucking smile off my TV when we're down by 13 points in a divisional game, you, you, Dirty look them, you call their mother's cunts, and then after the game, you hug them and you buy them a fucking steak and you say, hey, sorry about that, heat of the battle. But when you're on the field, you be a fucking asshole during the game. In those 60 minutes, you don't take shit from anybody and you're not anybody's fucking buddy. Trust me. Have a little bit of a bigger attitude than that, and I think things are going to go better for this team. Um, I so think you're you want to you want to bench him and start Brissette? Is that what I heard you say? Okay. Yeah, because Brissette's his, when he's about to call the, the the snap, he's going hut hut one two. Your mom's a cunt. He's he's a dick. He talks a lot of shit. So I need that out of out of watch. But in all seriousness, I I mean again, I think we're gonna have a pretty pissed off team. You've got uh, we got embarrassed last week. Amari Cooper had a drop. Donovan Peoples Jones dropped that touchdown. You saw when he hit the ground, he it looked like he was hurt because he laid there like pissed off at himself. Um, David and Joku's post game press conference. He was kind of mad. You can tell he's like, you know, we can, we got to control our own destiny. We can't worry about other teams. We got to get out there and be one to know every week. Um, I think hopefully Kevin Stefanski puts a good game plan out there. He gets guys, uh, motivated. My one concern for sure. Thank God that, uh, Lamar's not playing because with our lack of defense, I mean, JOK was no bullshit. He was drafted almost specifically to help shut down Lamar Jackson because he's that quick and talented and can keep up with him. So them not having Lamar Jackson on Saturday is huge. Um, and us not having JOK is huge. So we need to stop the run. They've got J.K. Dobbins back. He's been looking, he's he's getting better as he progresses back from injury. Um, so we need to get out there and we need to get Nick Chubb involved. Froholt, unfortunately, will be starting at center for us. Um, 
He's got to do a better job. We got to get some holes open for Nick Chubb. If we can establish the run game, I think that's going to open up everything. And you're finally going to see this offense 100%. But it really relies on the run game, in my opinion. That opens up everything else. Uh, as we said earlier, the defense was able to really just shut down our passing attack at times where we had nobody open. And I think the Ravens defense is better than the Bengals. So that scares me a little bit. Our offensive line needs to play better because Calais Campbell's damn good. They've got a really good defensive line. They've got good linebackers. Uh, so the Browns have to get out there and really just establish dominance and, and play a, a really good game. I think it's going to be closer than people think, but I think the Browns come away with this one. Give me the Browns 24 to 20. I like that. Yeah, I think I think I think what needs to happen is I think um Deshaun needs to open up a little bit more, get some of those deeper passes going. I, I want to see him get that put up. We were we looked very conservative against Cincinnati. We didn't take a lot of shots. Um again, I didn't watch the all twenty two tape, and when you're watching it on CBS, the camera only shows so much. I can't tell are the safeties playing really far back? Are they playing to prevent deep passes? It's very possible because we had plenty of passes in the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, so it could have been schemed, schemed that way. You never know. Um, but I want to see, I want to see some shots taken though down the field. Yeah. And, and my concern with that is if they are going to play the safeties deep and they're going to play to prevent the long ball, that's where you need to get a run game going. You need to make those safeties creep up a little bit because we're running the ball. So that's everything goes hand in hand. If we can't get the run game going, the pass game is not going to happen and vice versa. So, uh, let's work on that. Uh, I do think the Browns win though. Uh, the Ravens are really banged up. And even if we don't make the playoffs, if we win this game and it hurts the Bengals and keeps them out of the playoffs, that would be fucking awesome too. I'm all about playing spoiler for the rest of the season. Um, and I don't want to end the year with a worse record than the Steelers. And I definitely don't want to end the year with a worse record than the Jets. So the Browns really need to fucking get step their game up these next four weeks and go 4-0 and just so I don't have to hear shit from these idiots for the rest of the offseason because my Jet fan friends are the kinds of people that will rub it in my face that they went eight and nine or whatever. And the Browns went seven and 10, you know, they'll, they'll rub that in, even though neither team makes the playoffs, you know, it could be ugly, whatever. They will just let me know that the jets had a better record. Cause that's how they are. And I don't want to hear that. So let's, let's win this game. Let's get that W. Uh, and without further ado, we are ready for my man, Tim Buck to, to give you just the tip. Take it away, my man. Y'all know what I do when I bring just the tip, I bring a comedy tip. And of course this comedy tip is going to be about the show this weekend. Uh, it's going to be the unapologetically funny Santa edition back at the Old World Tavern. Um, it's going to be a good time, man. Starts at 8, and it's free admission. Uh, it's it's going to be a really fun show. Some great comedians. Uh, Chris Too Funny, who's actually going to be on the Lex Vegas show this week, Thursday. Uh, Queen Petty, uh, Derek Lamont, uh, D1D, that one dude. Uh, Ulysse Dickerson, who has always been amazing. Precious, our producer here at Redline Radio, and this is all hosted by yours truly, Timbuktu. Uh, so, so please come and enjoy the show, man. The bartenders are great. Shout out to Rita and Tavi. Uh, they pour incredible shots. <laughs> never um, a bad thing. Never, never. Uh, music by DJ Mick. He's a pretty good DJ, and it is sponsored by Redline Radio. Starts at 8 uh, this Saturday, December 17th, Old World Tavern, which is 661 East 185th Street in Euclid, Ohio. Um, you can support extra if you would like to by cash app in uh, Lex Vegas, or you can cash app me at Timbuk too. <laughs> um, so uh, really, just come out, have a good time. I'm hosting, so I'm gonna have a good time the whole show. I love hosting, uh, and uh, I'm I'm gonna give a surprise here uh, at the show. So please come out, please support us. 
Who doesn't like free shit and surprises? Go Have check me. out my man Tim Buck too on Saturday night, everybody. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time, people. And now we will let uh, Mr. Kyle give his tip from the the old man cave. What's the surprise, Tim? Is it like a it's like a lap dance from you or something? Like if he told you, it would kind of take away the surprise. <laughs> it's like that Geico commercial where he's like, "What's in this nutmeg?" And he's like, "Oh, it's my mom's secret recipe." And he's like, "Come on, you could tell me." And he's like, "It's my mom's secret recipe." He just won't give it up. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's not too crazy. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, it's some new jokes. Oh, okay. That's a great surprise when you're going to a comedy show. Surprise. Yeah, for sure. All right, my tip of the week in the holiday spirit. <laughs> uh, movie called Spirited. Uh, it's on Apple TV. Um, so if you don't have Apple TV, fucking get it. It's not expensive. Cheap asses. If you don't uh, have Apple TV, it's available for legal streaming also uh, for those of you that don't have Apple TV. We don't promote piracy on this show. Justin, let's not do that now. I do. Um, but uh, <laughs> spirited, anyways. It's a good. It's a. It's funny. Um, Ryan Reynolds and um, um, oh my god, how am I having a well, 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 Jesus, Ferrell. well, Farrell? I'm having a brain fart. Um, so basically, it's about you know you've seen the the Christmas Carol, right? Where the ghost comes and visit. Three ghosts come and visit somebody who is basically an asshole. Um, same thing, uh, but a more modern version. Uh, a little behind the scenes. Um, and it's these two going together and, and anytime you get Ryan Reynolds in a fucking movie for me, it's, it's worth watching. So, um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's some cool twists to it and it kind of brings the whole story kind of full circle. So, um, give it a watch. It's, it is long. I know me and Justin talked about it cause he's seen it already. It's a little longer than probably you want to watch a Christmas movie for it's two hours, but it is funny. It's worth it. I laughed a lot. So, uh, give it a watch, you know, Christmas time next week. So it's worth a watch. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I liked it. It, it. it was a little long um, with you on that. I mean, that was my takeaway. It also felt like at times that it wasn't sure if it wanted to be a, a kid's movie or an adult movie. There were times where they're like, they make a joke and you're like, wow, that was a little darker humor than I thought. And then they go back to like singing this fucking like Disney style fucking song. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what are they doing here? Are they for kids or is this for adults? I, I don't yeah, get but it. Did, but did you hear the, the lyrics? The lyrics were really kid friendly. I mean, they, they made no, that's a like, song, but yeah. It wrote a couple things here and there, but then again, the, some of the other songs would be like very childish where it's like, this is something I would hear in like a little kid's Christmas movie. Um, like uh, there, like even the one right at the end, I don't want to give anything away, but when they were doing, they were singing outside, that one was like very kiddish. Like that was something you would hear in like a child special. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. good afternoon, you know, cool things like that. Uh, there were some funny moments. It was, it was a good movie. Definitely worth a watch. Ryan Reynolds is my favorite actor of all time. So Obviously, I'm going to watch it. He did a great job. His singing and dancing and choreography was very impressive. Um, I mean, you got to got to be talented to be in Hollywood. So he did a really good job. Check it out again. It is, it is a little long, though. It's not one that I'll be watching regularly. Maybe once every holiday season, I would throw on. And I think that's fair. How, how does every actor know how to sing what, so well? It's amazing. You know, I was talking about that the other day with my brother-in-law because we were talking about it spirited, actually. And he was like, I had no idea Ryan Reynolds could sing and dance. And I'm like, yeah, he's a triple threat. And I'm like, that's look at everyone in Hollywood. They're like, not only can they act or like do whatever they're good at. If somebody's like a great musician, whatever, they're also usually good at other things because I think you have to have all those talents. And that's what makes those people that big. Like that puts them past everybody else. That's good at that one thing. Like you could find anybody that can act like Ryan Reynolds. And then all of a sudden well, you find out or look at Justin Timberlake, good actor. He can dance. He can sing. That's what surpassed him from everybody else. Cause he's got these multiple, Balance. Here's my ask now. Now that I know that he can sing, and with him playing in Deadpool three with Hugh Jackman, who we Deadpool all know musical. can sing, I need a fucking musical. Yeah, Hugh Jackman was in the the, the Greatest Showman, 
And uh, yeah, Deadpool the musical, I would fucking love that. Wolverine and Deadpool singing and dancing. There needs to be at least one one song scripted song in that movie. There has to be. There has to be. There, there's almost it's it's a guarantee at this point. It's I would think gold. Yeah, whether it's the intro video or like the end of the movie where they come together and do something, I'm okay it with it. Just give something. me something. All right, my tip of the week is a TV show that's actually been out for for years, um, but season four just debuted on HBO Max last week, last Thursday. The show is called Doom Patrol. It is a DC uh, random group that they made into a television show. It's got, you can see Cliff the Robot right in the middle there. He is voiced by Brendan Fraser, who is becoming a huge thing again. He was huge in the 90s when I was a kid, George of the Jungle. Um, He was in so many fucking things. I can't even think of them off the top of my head. Um, But he was a great actor. He still is. Um, But he went away for a while. He put on some weight. He went through like some depressions and stuff like that. Um, Blast from the past. Last one was he accused of stuff? Yeah, he was accused of sexual harassment and stuff, like falsely, and they never nothing could be proved. So he kind of. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I didn't even honestly hear about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Brendan Fraser voices Cliff. It's got other uh, really good actors and actresses in it. The one girl who plays Rita, I forgot her name in real life, but she was, if you're familiar with the show Two and a Half Men, she was Candy from that show. Um, the guy that's wrapped up there on the left, I, I don't know his real name as an actor, but apparently he's a pretty well-known guy. Uh, I don't know his name. So it must not be that well known, but it is a really good show though. Uh, I love DC. I like the darker side of things and the show swears It you know, you see fucking random weird shit. Uh, it, some, some of the stuff like the last week's episode, uh, I was watching it and like, you're watching and I felt like I was on acid or something. Some of the shit that was happening. I'm like, is this really happening right now? Or am I hallucinating? Because it was so out there, uh, but it's really fun. I've said it before, uh, season two of this show, in my opinion, is some of the best television I've ever seen. I love that story. I love the acting and the way they did everything. Um, but this is season four that just came out. There's only two episodes out so far of that. So if you get a chance, watch Doom Patrol if you're into superhero stuff but that aren't like the the classic superheroes where you watch any Marvel's movie and it's Marvel movie and it's the same shit. It's you're gonna fight. Someone's gonna try to take over the world. The Marvel people win. You move on to your sequels and your next movies. Now with Doom Patrol, you've got you're gonna see people like that you think is going to be a big part of the show that fucking dies. And everyone's like, holy fuck. Like they're swearing and it's dark. It's funny. Uh, I really like doom patrol a lot. So check it out. If you get, if you have HBO max, give it a whirl again, this is season four starting off. So you've got plenty to catch up with Uh, season two. In my personal opinion is one of the best seasons of any TV show of all time. So check it out. Check out doom patrol. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Talking about balls. Any, any last words for Kyle or is he gone yet? There he is. No, I'm here. I'm just just chilling, you know. I'm going to bed. I'm taking a shower and going to bed. I'm fucking tired. Every week when we end and you're on Zoom, it's like, all right, we'll talk to you later. And then Tim cuts it and you're just gone. So I figured you'd let you say your goodbyes now just in case you get you get cut again. No, I actually I tried hanging out last time we did this and you guys just left me. So I said, fuck it. Man. I threw a goodbye in there. All right. But, uh, well, goodbye, Kyle. Uh, on behalf of everybody at Talking About Balls. Put the cookie down now. Jingle all the way, baby. See you, everybody. Later.